Traveling the Vortex. Dogs, Bach and he knows their breed And knows where they went last night Knows their masters too Oh baby, hold me tight Just pretend I'm Sherlock Holmes Just pretend I'm Sherlock Holmes We've joined Sherlock Holmes investigates in Dartmoor, which happens to be where episode 225 takes place. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? Good. Is the hound chasing you? <laughs> yes. Phosphorescent <laughs> painted hound. You guys have a good week? I had a good week. I did have a good week. Mine Sean was had, okay. a, Sean had okay. a good uh, weekend, which we'll talk about after a while. You had a good week. I did. I weekend. had a weekend too. Yeah. Weekend, weekend, because you were. Yeah, off. I was off this week, so I got some things watched this week. Actually, oh, Ooh, a list. I, I noticed there's no DVDs of mine sitting. <laughs> no, in I'm the, running years back in, yet. in the pile. So um, I watched. Uh, first thing I watched on HBO Now this week was there's a two part Frank Sinatra um, documentary called Sinatra All or Nothing at All, and it's quite interesting. I, I know a lot about Sinatra anyway, so a lot of it was kind of recap for me. But there was you're kind uh, of a fan. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> there were uh, there were some interesting pieces to it. It um, it was framed around his farewell concert that he did in 1979, I believe it was, and um, they he he took and made a song list that he was going to perform that night. And what they did is they stepped through the documentary by using his song list because his song list sort of in music told the story of his life. Mm -hmm. And so what they did for the documentary is they took each of those songs in order and built around the meat, not the meaning, but, but the song symbolized in his life. And Mm -hmm. it was pretty cool. It's pretty good. It's two parts and they're both nearly two hours long. So it was four hours worth it. (laughs) I didn't watch them all one day, but I took a couple days and did that. Uh, And then I finally watched Birdman. What'd you think? Um, You didn't like it. (laughs) I can't tell what um, <laughs> I'm not sure. You, you can't even quite see his, you can't see his face. I'm not sure what the heck was on his face. I'm not sure what it was really about or what the message it was trying to convey. It's, just, well, it's, it's an interesting, I think, exploration of make, wanting to make sure your life has meaning and mm. leaves a meaningful impression on people. Oh, I'm glad you got that out of it. That's what I got out of it. Uh, I had a more defined uh, definition of what I had out of it back two months ago when the, I watched uh, it. Yeah. The, the, um, the import of your own sense of self-worth. Yeah. Because he obviously had an impact on people as Birdman. But, but he, he didn't feel he, that that was a legacy that wasn't worth a, having. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And the, the struggle of, hey, look at me, I'm in a comic book movie versus being a serious actor you know and and that was obviously important yeah i got all that but well that's that's really all it was <laughs> well then that's unfortunate because it was kind of then there in that case I just, well, the ending, I, 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 the ending was like i'm not sure what happened at the end I, all the time you think all of this is in his head spoilers <laughs> some of it all along you think this is all in his head and then they sort of qualify it as maybe it wasn't. It was kind of weird. Well, I kind of walked. I, I 
I kind of I thought that at the end it wasn't, but then what he was able to do with the play ended up fulfilling what he was hoping for. Well, I got that too. And then that's kind of what the very, very end symbolized to me. Yeah, I don't think he really... Why did she look up and smile? Because I... I Because that was his imagination. After still there. I think he achieved what he had set out to do and had reached a new height in her eyes that, that she suddenly realized that this was this important to him and that, you know... He here's, is serious. Here's, here's what I got okay, out of the movie. You know, I can now hold the guy my dad was mentally up messed up. That's what I got <laughs> oh, out of yeah. the movie. I mean, that's, that's simply all it is. I, I even if it was an exploration of your self worth, and I think it was also a leaving a legacy for and, your child to some extent. This all sounds reaching. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably the intent, but it was conveyed oddly. Oh, yeah, I'm not denying that at all. (laughs) That's part of why I liked it, was that it was conveyed very oddly. Superb acting, and I thought... Cinematography? I I love the fluid, continual movement and following all the actors through the entire thing. That was well done. Um, I could see where the... And it's so good, I too. But I was also looking for him. But I was—I've been looking for that every time somebody does that type of thing since Hitchcock did Rope. Every since that point, I've looked for the where the edits were. You know? Yeah. Um, but it's still cleverly done. Oh, it is. is cleverly what it's, I liked about yeah, it. Is, you know, it's, it's, the film's it's much appreciated. The film snobs are going, "Oh, there was an edit. There was an edit." But it's—it's it's like unless you're was, looking for those things, you call me a film snob. There. Yeah, you're a film snob. I would consider all of us here at the table film. Come on, some. We could do a whole other podcast called about. Film Snobs. <laughs> My film snobs days were over when I got spit on in a Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> Learned your lesson. Didn't Learned you? My lesson. At least not to talk about it in L.A. <laughs> so he just he just said he didn't like Birdman and somebody's spitting on their iPod right now. Um. <laughs> You really had to have been there. I'll skip ahead. I, I watched uh, the story isn't enough. I watched the Fast and the Furious today, the first one. I thought you got you piqued my interest, and I thought, okay, I got to start from the beginning because you've never seen the first one. Nope, oh. I haven't seen any of them. Not at all. I, I actually own one of them. <laughs> Still never watched it, but now I can because it's the second one I own. So it's an okay movie. Yeah, it was, it was good. I mean, it was it, it's not great. It was nothing it's... that I expected, um, except for. After watching it, now I'm thinking they must have really got fantastical <laughs> at this point because it, it really feels like a Motorhead movie with some yeah. crime in it, you know. Yeah. So, and so then, which is pretty much how it starts. I, I understand the and first becomes a racing. Movie the the first half of them are about cars, and the second half of them are about guys with tanks. And <laughs> <laughs> let's throw stuff out of here. So I'm curious to see where it goes now. Um, I'm going to have to put Fast and Furious on hold though because my plan. Because I missed almost all the Marvel watch along. Yeah, Marvel with friends. <laughs> I well, you have starting tomorrow. You have equal amount of days if you do one a day. Not gonna to get to, <laughs> Well, that's not true. You're short a day if you go on Friday. I'm going Saturday, so it works out for me. I think so. what Mel and I have decided because we were actually talking about this is that we're we're gonna do, we're gonna do phase two. Yeah, that's we're gonna start yeah. with the Avengers and watch all of the let's see Avengers. Avengers is not phase two. Well, but. <laughs> First of all, I could it's watch the, the Avengers the phase one. every day, all yeah. day, you know. But we'll watch Avengers and then Iron, Iron Man, Man 3. 3, Thor 2, Captain America 2, 
and Guardians. Guardians. Which I don't know if we don't. If, uh, I kind of feel like that's the one that's kind of. I don't think that's going to have as much of an yeah. impact. And on I kind of feel. Like, I mean, I love Guardians. I could watch Guardians over and over again. But I kind of feel like if we don't get to Guardians, I'm not going to be right. crushed. But the others, I definitely feel because I haven't well, seen Caps. So I was able to join starting in for, tomorrow uh, from Square One, and I'm going to catch up. So I was able to join in for Winter Soldier. That's such a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably like the fifth time, and I'm always wowed at how good it is. See, I haven't seen it since the theater. See, I, th- I saw it like three times in the theater. Once at like the cheap theater, and then once in Lawrence, and then once here, one well, then once in St. Louis, and every time I'm just blown away about how solid of a film that is. Yeah, it's really really good. So good. Um, of course, uh, you know, being on vacation all last week, I just got you know stuff done around the house, so lots of projects to work on. And then Holly and I went to Kansas City on Saturday morning. We left the kids with my folks, and we did an overnight for our anniversary. So happy anniversary! Thank you. We kind of we kind of progressed through the city in movements. We started at the Hollywood Casino because it's on the west side of town, and it's pretty cool. Have you been there yet? Yeah, it's cool. I love it. I mean, it's 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 your average casino, but it's really the way it's themed is really really neat. Me being a mm. movie snob. Um, <laughs> It's, film, it's film, snob. film snob. Film snob. You're not a movie snob. You're it's, a film snob. <laughs> it's uh, theme. Be a snob. It, obviously, it could be a movie buff, Hollywood theme. But a film snob. Um, we ate an epic buffet while we were there, which was pretty decent. It's not the best buffet in the world, but it was, it was pretty good. They had a good selection. Um, then we went over to <laughs> we went over to Nebraska Furniture Mart and looked at a living room set that we really liked. That I think we're going to go back and finance. Hmm. And then we have always been looking for a. Are you sure? Because you just bought a TV. We've always been looking. For, well, you gotta have something to go with the TV. <laughs> we, well, we bought it. We paid straight out cash for the TV. Yeah, but I'm waiting for your car to break down. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, that's why we, we. That's why we didn't buy it this weekend because we were still waiting. Wait, wait, wait for that other shoe to drop. Um, and then I'm not negative. <laughs> we've always been looking for a storage chest, you know, one of the ones with the benches that you can set on for the oh, end of yeah. our bed, so we can put blankets and sheets and stuff in there because oh, our yeah. linen closet's just cram packed with stuff. And we found one we really, really liked, but we didn't drive. We didn't want to drive around Kansas City all day with this thing in the back of the car, which it would have fit, no problem. But so we'll, we'll come back Was on Sunday on the way out of town. Yeah, that too. And so we said we'll, we'll go on the way out of town and buy it because it was it was it was affordable. We we repurchased it, but we get it on the way home. So we left, and then uh, we did Crown Center that night. Uh, so we Crown went to Center. we went to Sea Life. Uh, we didn't do Legoland, but we did Sea Life. Um, yeah, I don't think you could have aquarium to have a kid to go to Legoland. And they have adult days. Yeah, so, do they? yeah. Okay. Um, so we did because yeah, nothing we, is creepier than going to hang out at Legoland <laughs> on adult day. <laughs> so it's there, which is pretty cool. It's a neat little. Aquarium. I wasn't sure what to expect, but it's like the right manageable size. You know, mm-hmm. you walk through and they've got a lot of great, great stuff there. I think. It, I mean, it's if you're an aquarium snob, <laughs> that uh, I am not. <laughs> I, I, I think you'd be a little disappointed in it. Um, and I, I mean, we've certainly. I think. Well, I, like the one in Omaha at, up at the, the zoo there. I think their aquarium is actually you know better and nicer than than, than this one. But if you have uh, if you have a kid with you, because so much of it is kind of geared toward the the touching and the you yeah, know the young, kid the, the, the young kid kind of stuff. I mean, we went with Katrina and had a great time because she loved all of it. You and know what I, I liked about kind of this one my... was the fact that it was it seemed more educational and yeah correct. I mean, I don't want to say correct. It was laid out really nicely. Yeah. Whereas the one at the Omaha Zoo was more like 
a zoo. You go there and it's just animals behind glass or fish behind glass, sea life behind glass. So while it's bigger tanks at Omaha, I actually like the layout. Well, it's a little more spectacle better. versus, like you said, the educational aspect of it. I don't even know it's spectacle. It's just really? it's kind of there. I guess nothing compares to the one that we went through at Mall of America. That one was just blew me blew me away. It was so good. So aquariums don't fall under your zoo mm, category. When... They're the upper tier of okay. zoos, but I actually I can we know, I can, we know your I stance set, on zoos. I can set watch fish all day though. I mean, they're just, they're fast. That's kind of the exception. Yeah, it's the exception. That's why he picked that seat. See the aquarium aquarium behind Keith. Um, I think the, uh, I think the silver dollars are eating the, uh, the the other ones. They keep, there was a whole school of little ones. What what did we decide they were? The neon tetras or whatever? Uh Yeah. There was a whole school in there once upon a time and they're not there now. (laughs) I find no fish bodies. So I think I've got two. We've got two solar dollars there, and I think they're just. They've eating probably them. got to the size now where they can't eat them. Um, uh, we went to Manny's, which is our favorite Mexican restaurant in Kansas City, for dinner, and then went on the way back to the hotel, which we stayed at the Hawthorne Inn and Suites, which is really nice. Uh, we stopped at IKEA. Where's that, where's that one at? It's um, on College, down near Metcalf, between Metcalf and Quivera. It's about halfway down College. Okay. It's what it's cool because it's 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 eight, nine, I think it's twelve units, and there's only nine rooms per unit, and so you you know you you go from the outside, but when you go inside, it's kind of like it's almost like a car apartment complex is what it looks like. Oh, okay, and you 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 know you enter from the outside, so it's not. Inside, but it's the rooms were really nice. They're they're dated because they're, there's a lot of things about them that just felt like they'd been there a while and really could use an upgrade. But they're nice rooms and nice big king size bed and uh, so or, uh, yeah, a little sofa and table and microwave and refrigerator and the whole hmm. nine yards. You could stay there for for several days. So it was pretty nice. And then, but on the way to to that hotel, we went to IKEA. Never been to IKEA before. How is it? That's a weird setup. I actually enjoyed it. <laughs> First, we drive up there. We can't figure out where we're supposed to park because there's a little tiny strip of parking around the outside of the place. What it's in the world? It's a huge building. Yeah. I've you know why there's it. no parking on the outside? Because you park on the first level of the store. Underneath the store is a parking garage. It's oh. the most ingenious thing to do. Now, I don't know if all Ikeas are like this. I think what happened is they found a spot, prime spot, right off of 35. And they said, this is a great spot to be, but we will have very little land to do, we'll work with. So they built a parking garage. That underneath. makes a lot of sense, yeah. That's really, really well done because you, you never – I mean, so we, you just we, park in the basement of the store? Pretty much. Oh, that's, oh, that's and like, you get cool. on an escalator and you go up to the first floor. We and went then, to the Target in DC, or DC or it was well, – I don't even think it was proper DC. And they had – the garage was like the bottom two store floors and then – there's escalators for the yeah, parts. This is exactly yeah. what it was. And that that's how it's similar. And probably, except for and this was only bigger, one floor. Yeah. This is probably like that in a lot of bigger and, which cities Which makes too. sense in, in Washington because there's very yeah. little room. It to, doesn't make sense in Kansas City. So I wonder if that's an Ikea well, That's why I wonder. Or, or like I said, they, well, they had found like a prime pretty, spot there. It's actually in, is it Meriden? Yeah. Uh, Not Meriden. Meridian. Mer- no. uh, um, I don't know where it's Merriam. Merriam. Yeah. It's in Merriam. And so, the, and there's not a lot of Miriam, <laughs> so yeah. I have a feeling that they they just felt that was a prime spot there. So, 
Uh, anyway, you go up the escalator and you're on the first floor, which is where where if you came in off the street, you would enter in that that level. Then you go up another floor, and there you can look over to the left, and you can see the checkout counters. But that's about it. You can just see through a narrow doorway. You're in this room, but they, the cool thing is they have a, a spot where you can drop your kids off, and they can play while you shop, which is uh, – we didn't have our kids with us, but that is already – we've always talked about <laughs> that would be really cool if there was a place where you could drop your kids off pick them up at the end. Who watches Then you kids? go up another – it's IKEA employees. You have They have to be like toilet trained and within a certain age, and but <sighs> the, the, they have employees that staff it, so. Cool. You go up another nice. set of – you go up another escalator from that point and that's where you, the store starts and you literally walk through the entire showroom there are arrows on the floor that you follow and you li- they literally get you to walk past everything in the store this way because <laughs> it's designed so that you see everything as you go through and you can take it at any you know speed you want you can you can get off into the showroom in the little compartment compartmentalized areas that have like Furniture, living room furniture, bedroom furniture, things like that. Anyway, you wind your way around through the showroom, and it literally winds you around the showroom when you follow this path. And then you get to the end, and there's two there's two ways to to to, to shop there. If you see something that's large on the showroom, you just take you look at a tag, and it'll mm-hmm. tell you. Uh, certain directions on the tag. If it's small items like what we bought, we bought um, these things for the kids to put their stuffed animals in, they're actually on the showroom floor and you just take it and carry it with you. But then after you've wound through the main showroom, you go down a level and there's actually a food court where they have their famous and they have all their, yeah, all of their Swedish style foods and things like that. And you wind through another showroom and then when you get to the end of that showroom, you go down a set of stairs, and then you walk into what I can only describe as a warehouse. And this has aisle upon aisle upon aisle upon aisle. And what you do is when you saw something on a showroom, that's you look, and it had the aisle that you would find. It's self-serve. Oh. And so you go to that aisle and that number, and you pull off the shelf the product that you're going to buy. And then put together when you get home. Yeah, it, because everything there is put together. <laughs> Good and then, idea. Yeah. And you put you put it on one of these big old long you know trolley carts, and you take it straight to the checkouts. And right there at the checkouts, you go through. And the checkouts were we. It didn't take us like maybe more than thirty minutes to get through the store. I mean, because we were just casually browsing. We were, we could easily spend two or three hours in there. <laughs> but um, we got to the checkouts. We had two items, and we were in line for about twenty minutes. <laughs> oh, wow. so many. Now it was the end of the night. It was about to close. So I think what oh, happened is everybody kind of was had moved close. down to get checked out and get out. Um, but yeah, we waited about 20 minutes in line and, 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 and almost every, almost every register was being run, but the line, there was a huge line in every register. Did you eat any of the meatballs? We didn't eat any meatballs. No. So then you go out and you go down another level and you're back in the garage. It's really, really fascinating the way they've got it set up. When did you pick up the kids? (laughs) We could. Well, yeah, no, I guess I I skipped that at the the beginning of the second showroom. You pick the kids up because it's the way you've come down. It's adjoined to where you drop them ah, off. Okay. So there's a door on one side of it where you'd come in. There's a door on the other side where you can pick them up. Now, the thing that I, did, I found interesting is that on that second floor room, showroom floor, you still have to walk through that showroom with the kids if you pick them up from there. So that's, so is the expensive stuff upstairs? <laughs> yes. Ah. <laughs> exactly. Well played, Ikea. Well played. <laughs> So we left there and went back to the hotel. And then the next morning we we got up and we were just 
we thought, you know, we'll go to Legends and we'll go back to Nebraska Furniture Mart. So we went we walked around Legends a little bit. Yeah, we always we, we we do hardly any shopping at Legends, but we <laughs> um always love to just walk around because it's, it's, it's an outdoor mall and yeah. it's just, it's so cool and it's got a great atmosphere. The fountains, yeah. And so I can't remember if we ate we ate breakfast at Denny's. Did we eat somewhere before we went home? If we did, I sure don't remember. Anyway, so we went back to our last stop was Nebraska Furniture. We were going out of town. So we go in and we spend 20 minutes trying to find the damn section with the thing we saw <laughs> because we got to remember where we saw it. So we walked through the whole store. It's not uh, a small oh, store. it's over here. No, it's not over here. It's over here. No, it's not over here. Yeah, it's a big store. We get over there where it was, where it was, oh. and it was gone. And it, the floor model was gone. So somebody had bought the last one on Saturday, early Sunday. <laughs> so we came home without our storage, which we've been looking for for a year. And could so we sh- my dad told me because no most places don't do this but my dad told me they you can pay for items there and they'll hold merchandise that's already paid for I didn't realize that and I guess that idea is because so many people come from from all around yeah. to go to yeah. Nebraska French Mart Mart that they'll do that for you but there's a lot of stores that won't do that if once you pay for it you have to take it out of the store yeah so well next time you go you can next time <laughs> she she did say you know keep an eye out because a lot of times the, those will just get them all back in, and then I'll be another model there. Yeah. So we'll go back over another time and see. That was it. And then Game of Thrones on Saturday or Sunday, right? That's, that's everything I did. I am almost halfway through season two of Arrow. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just. I'm I, still I, three episodes from the end of season one. I'm, I'm an episode past uh, what would have been the mid season finale with Barry Allen. So I finally got to see how all that actually happened. So this is the second part of the two-part crossover, right? Oh, I finished that part. Oh, you did finish that part. Yeah. Okay. So it's because it, so I, I was just looking. And so the end of the two-part – well, this was before the crossover. Because the, 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 the end of the two-part backdoor pilot. Oh. In season two. Was that in the middle of season two? Mm-hmm. What season are we on? Three. Arrow's on season three. It is just it? ended, yeah. didn't it? Or is no. it still, no, it's it's still, still going. going? It's still going. I guess I didn't realize we were on season three already. Yeah, you're on season Holy three. Cow. Okay. Never mind then. <laughs> Time so flies flash started during fun. Arrow season three. The actual yeah, show. Yeah, the, so. show's, the, the show started with season three. So it runs season one and season three run parallel. But the backdoor pilot started in... So technically the pilot of The Flash happens... Yeah, yeah, you know, you. I, I understand like what you're the, saying. Yeah. It just, I, I'm. <laughs> you seem so confused by the idea. I thought we were still in season two. <laughs> <laughs> nope. I guess because I started season two at the end. Yeah, because I caught up with season one and then watched most of season two, and then he's still in season one of Game of Thrones too, because he watched it all at one. <laughs> <laughs> Four, no, four years made no, one season. Now he's no, in season I'm in two. season two. Yeah, because <laughs> now just watching. I watched all four seasons while season four was on the air. So what happens when you mainline? I just got done with the episode that featured Simon from oh, Firefly. Yeah. Right, right, right. Nice little cameo. Uh, didn't really do much else this week. We uh, Sarah and I watched. We had a nice and lazy weekend because it's been so busy with house stuff that. 
We just didn't do much this weekend. <laughs> Blame you. Uh, caught up on a lot of shows because a lot of shows came back this past week. Yeah. Um, but we did get in a movie, uh, an Indian film, The Lunchbox. And it's got the older guy from Life of Pi is one of the main char- characters. Oh, okay. That actor. And it's it's really it's rather charming. Doesn't quite wasn't end. he the same guy in Slumdog Millionaire? Mm, I never saw, saw all of Slumdog oh. Millionaire, so I, I don't know. remember. Thought he was the cop, enough. also in. He might have been. Might have been. Um, I could imdiba. Nah, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but people will just yell at their iPods saying, yeah. "No, Glenn, you're wrong again." Or yes, you're right. I didn't particularly like another. Slumdog Millionaire, so it kind of I couldn't get through pushed it. Pushed it away to the. That's a good movie. I I, I think it's it, not. That I still think bad that movie. he's it's getting just... recognized for uh, Sunshine a year late. <laughs> uh, if only it hadn't gone. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's a, it's a, it's this interesting uh, Indian film that's about this woman who is making lunches for her husband and sends them to his work. It's kind of a neat system that they have where you can either have restaurants or people from home. Make you a hot lunch, pack it, send it with the carrier, they take it to your work, and then they bring it back. So it's just you get a hot lunch on your desk when it's close to lunchtime, and then you get to eat. And then it goes back. But it winds up going to the wrong person. And she kind of figures this out really early on. And then they start writing notes to each other. And so then I remember seeing that advertised. Yeah. It, it. So it was, it was really an interesting That sounds film. cute. Yeah. It, it's. There's it's a, not cute. It's, <laughs> it, it, it's cute. But oh, it's is it not. a tragedy? It's not what a tragedy. Happens? It's Bollywood cute. It's, well, it's not even Bollywood either. It's no, it's, not. It's, it's rather sub, it's a subdued film. It's a subdued cute. You, the trailer, <laughs> the trailer makes it look like it's going to be this really great add that romantic to my film snob dictionary. <laughs> subdued, subdued cute. cute. It, it, the trailer portrays it as like it's going to be this great epic, almost love story. But it really isn't. I mean, the ending doesn't end how you expect it to happen. Um, oh, you've lost me. I'm, yeah. It, it's, I'm it's, not going to invest that much time if they don't hook up. I'm sorry, but if you start writing there, huh? if, you, if you start writing notes to each other and you don't end up together at the end of the film, you failed. Well, it, <laughs> I just don't it's care anymore. But I was okay with why they didn't end up together. Because of the way everything plays out. It's very interesting. Nope. <laughs> Sarah ended up liking it, even though she wished it would have ended a little happier. But it kind of ended it, ended it ambiguous. Ambigu- this is why I'm not a ambiguous. film snob. I'll tell you right now, because I like because the Hollywood ending. I don't oh. like the... I, <laughs> I don't like that now Hollywood, the Hollywood ending now is everything has to end on a down note. People don't get together anymore. Somebody dies at the end that you don't want to die. You're rooting for. But you didn't like Birdman. We've got got, (laughs) – You've got a Hollywood ending right there, buddy. (laughs) But he was idiotic about the whole thing. That's the problem. And then then you've got antiheroes galore, which I used to like the antihero story every once in a while. It's become cliche. It's so cliche. Well, it was when the antihero was the antihero, it was cool. Now the antihero is the everyman, and yeah. it's like I don't care anymore. <laughs> but it's it, it's it was interesting also to see how much was in Hindu and how much was in English because a lot more of it was in English than I expected. So just just from a cultural aspect, Hindi. it was a, Hindi. Hindi. Yeah, sorry, Hindi. Uh, just from a cultural aspect, it was a fascinating watch. 
Well, um, that's that's not surprising because India was under British rule for so long that it's equally as common of a language as Hindi is. So it's it's an interesting film. I would recommend it. Um, Just don't. I'm going to put it on my list, even yeah. though it doesn't end the way I want it to end. <laughs> but you might be okay with the way it all shakes out. Cause That's what it sounds like. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't end the way the trailer if, portrays it would end, if, but by the time it gets to that ending, you're okay with it. If it doesn't piss me off at the end, then it's probably going to be a good movie. Sarah loves a happy ending, and she was still okay with the way it ended. Because it is kind of ambiguous about the way they ended. Uh, and then... Yep. <laughs> I watched uh, Predestination. Oh, how is that one? That's so on my list. Interesting. Really interesting. Uh, it's a time travel movie. With Ethan Hawke. Hello. Oh, man. You, had, you had me <laughs> in time travel and you lost me to Ethan Hawke. But surprisingly, he's like, okay, so it starts with Ethan Hawke, and then he's gone for like 45 minutes. Well, I can deal with that. <laughs> It's based off of... Of course, it would ruin the film if he comes back, so it, maybe not. He does come back, hey, but... Hey, hey. Why do you hate Ethan Hawke? I, I, I don't get the hate. There's, there, there is a handful of actors that when I... I don't know. I can't put my finger on it, but when I see them in a film, they just rub me the wrong way. No matter no matter what part they're portraying. No matter how good of an actor they are. Mel Gibson's is another one of those people. You know how I've always felt... Mel Gibson's a yeah, mediocre actor. Liked Mel Gibson. Uh, this isn't a big challenge for Ethan Hawke. He, <laughs> he kind of gets to be the uh, gruff guy and does some action, and that's about it. Um, I don't know what I want to. Uh, based off the title, what do you expect from it? What's it called? Predestination. Which it's is better than the that time travel movie where you can't change time. Okay. Good so, answer. So I'll go with his. <laughs> you almost expect the loop? Yeah. It's the best loop story I've ever seen in my life. It is so well-crafted and so perfectly rounded that it fits together perfectly. Better than 1221? <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, but we crafted our films so well, Keith. <laughs> There was it, no it was flaws in that well, movie. In fact, if, if there was an honest well. trailer for it, it would be like Captain America <laughs> Winter Soldier. They could find no flaw. I'm absolutely I, I, being <laughs> facetious about it because it's not even true at a, all. A short film that requires an index card. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a movie that's, that's longer than the film. To explain the time travel elements of it. But you kind of go into wow, it with there's uh, an end joke. That's what happens when you set out to make a time travel film and you make it your first film. <laughs> a six-minute film, three years in the making. <laughs> it literally was. Sorry, Keith. This is what happens when you when you in, for that three years of, of, of pre-production that you, you sit around playing solitaire on your computer <laughs> and your iPod. And uh, I don't remember the other device. We've got a photo. Got a deck of playing cards. Oh, that's what it was. An it was, actual, yeah, it was deck an actual deck of playing deck. cards. Wow, there were still cards in those days. Yeah, yeah there was an actual deck of cards. I've got well, a photo. And we didn't have iPhones at the time. I had an iPod. You had an iPod. So I think and we I had, had my the, computer. the computer, the iPod, and, and a deck of cards. cards. And each of us was playing songs <laughs> oh, <sure>. in <laughs> a production <laughs> meeting. <laughs> uh, sorry, pre predestination. Yeah, sorry, predestination. Uh, awesome loop. It's based off of Robert Heinlein's story. Oh. 
Oh, you I didn't know that. I don't know if you've read all your I've zombies. never read that one. It, but... The t- title was completely... Uh, it's based off... The title is based off a single line in the story. And that's all the title is. But it's... I, I went into it kind of thinking, okay... Predestination or the zombie thing? The, the zombie. Oh, you've read the story? Off, no, I have not. I oh, want okay. to go read the story now. Um, but the, I went into the movie kind of with a... Okay, I know this is a time travel. And then it takes this... It starts off time travel-esque, and then it takes this left turn of this man telling this bartender her life story. And it just spins. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. Whose life story? A man telling a bartender her life story. story. The, The bartender's life story? The man's life story. So the man was a woman? Yes. Oh. So, it starts off with this really bizarre premise. It's a time lord. <laughs> and then it... It can happen. We know now for sure. <laughs> it works. Fuzzy Wuzzy was a woman. <laughs> and it spends 45 minutes telling her story. Trying to eat all your pee. Or, uh, of how she winds up in Anyone. this bar. And then it get back, gets back to the time travel. Yeah, get him away from me. It's fascinating. And... I just, when it ended, I just kind of sat there flabbergasted, like, wow. And that's saying something, because Keith has seen I, I am in, I, every I time, time travel, travel story ever, <laughs> except for Doctor Who, which we're still working on. <laughs> and, and there are things in it that, on the surface, that you would think would be problematic, that would create issues, but the way it's written and the way it's folded on itself, it, there isn't an issue there. The way it loops is it works so well. And the the storytelling and the mechanics of the story is you, you go, wait a minute. How could that? And then you start to think about it and it works. Okay. So every little bit of it plays to like, I don't think they added anything to the story to flesh it out to be a movie. I think this short story was so compact that they just sat down and adapted it and they did a perfect job with it. From what I can tell, I, I really, I really want to go read the book now or the story. Well, every Robert Heinlein movie is perfect. I mean, look at Starship <laughs> Troopers. <laughs> this is perfect in a different way. <laughs> yeah, I liked Starship. I love Starship Troopers. But it's, anybody it's who's per- read the book hates it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm really intrigued to see uh, how different it is. But it's, I think it's one I'm going to go out and buy on Blu-ray because it's one of those that. Just makes your brain work as you watch it. And there were some things in it that I saw coming that I don't know if sitting down knowing it's a time travel movie and the title, Predestination, kind of puts so a preconceived notion. He has ruined the film for us. <laughs> no, because you you had the same I thought I did sitting down to watch it, the, the same expectations. Uh, so, yeah. Well, it's, I, it's, it's, it's gone from it. here on my list to here on my list. So, above or below t- uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil? I don't know yet. Flip <laughs> <laughs> <Up> a coin. <laughs> I didn't realize until I was doing more looking into it that Heinlein is a Missouri guy. He went to school in Kansas City. I didn't know that. I'm a bit intrigued, but that kind of goes against my new rule for watching films. <laughs> the Netflix rule. No, well, uh, <laughs> shuffle. I need to get back to the uh, uh, or the not taking recommendations Netflix from roulette. Sean and I. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 
if you guys liked a film, I probably won't, so I just avoid them. So if, if you guys didn't like a film, then it's, I usually watch them because I'm probably going to like it. So it's, I, I think you might like it based on the time travel aspect alone. Okay. I'll, put that um, I'll put that on the list, too. Totally. Where are you watching oh, these so that I... I got it from the library. Oh, I got the Blu-ray from the library. But, but, but it's on Netflix. Is it? Because it wasn't when I put it on my list uh, from the library. I'm pretty sure it is now. Pretty, is? I, I think it's been added. I'm going to Netflix now to look. Okay, you look this it up. So I'm going to give it five stars and give it a raving review. <laughs> <laughs> did, did, did you ever watch Maleficent? No, it's still on our list. We dumped also. the kids off, so we... Because they this want to week, see it. This weekend, we... Well, at we, least Caitlin. We actually were going to watch it Friday. Oh, we watched Mockingjay this week, too. I forgot. We watched Ooh. Mockingjay. Part um, one? Part one. <laughs> no. <laughs> the, the second one that's not out yet, I got a preview copy of it. Sweet. Or anybody else did. Did they change the, the ending? The is not on Netflix. It's Mockingjay point one. Okay. I thought it was. Okay. Might be thinking of something else. It came out really quick on DVD after yeah. the... Yeah. We had it at the release. store, but I've kind of been waiting for a used copy to show up so that I can rent it as opposed to paying for it well, outright. I don't but. know how many... Put your name on the list. Might be able to get it on Blu-ray at the library. Well, I'm sure I can. I just I don't live near there. It's not my. It doesn't stream into my living room. I don't watch. Give me your library card. I'll go pick it up for you when it's at home. The only reason I watched Film Birdman snob. this week is because with my Com Chrome Chrome Chromecast, I got a free Google Play movie that I had hadn't used, hmm. and so I went flipping through their titles and found it. And I went, okay, I'm going to. You could probably my free rent it digitally one. pretty cheap now. Predestination. I did rent uh, Fast and Furious for a buck today, so oh, I saw that. Yeah, you know you couldn't get that from the uh, Sean Collins Lending Library <laughs> because you still have some titles checked out. Oh, you have Fast. Well, you told me I last week you owned that one. Yeah. And I have one, two, and six. See, I own. <laughs> I've seen the first one now. I own the second one. The third one's on HBO now. Which you want to wait? The sixth one is on HBO now. I, I, I did I'm going to watch them in order. I'm going to watch them in the order that they came out. I, I did further research in this. Because Is there a machete order for Fast and Furious? <laughs> because Mel watched them in order and was so lost, I think, with most of America when the third one came out. <laughs> and apparently the official now Fast and the Furious, this is how you watch them, is one, two, four, five, six, three, yeah. in credits of six, seven. <laughs> no, I'm not going to machete this. That's that's how it's supposed to happen. Now, I, I it doesn't I'm work because apparently they have cell phones that are still flips yeah. in the third one. <laughs> I am a smart enough guy to realize when I watch something that's sub, uh, sequence out of order that I can put it back in order in my head. Well, because they didn't do that on purpose. No, I'm sure they so didn't. Just they a, were done at three the, and then went, oh, it was really successful. Let's make a war with one. Thing, and let's bring three Paul Walker wa- back. Three wasn't successful, I think, was the problem. That's uh, why they made a four uh, is to fix it and ask, please, Paul, will you please come back and fix this? Because <laughs> so we screwed it up. It was Jaws 3D. <laughs> <laughs> Although they made that worse by doing Jaws Revenge. So. <laughs> My favorite story. Michael Caine cannot three. be. There you go. There you go. There, yeah. <laughs> Michael Caine cannot be with us tonight to pick up his Academy Award for Best Actor because he's in the Bahamas shooting Jaws the Revenge. <laughs> uh, so what did you think of Mockingjay? Part one. It's good. It's good. I enjoyed it. Um, Better than the book? Part one? But, uh, the first half of the book? <laughs> yeah. Did it need I'm to be two back. parts? The, the Mockingjay is my least favorite of the book trilogy. Agreed. Mockingjay Part One 
actually it Mockingjay the book gets tedious. The mm-hmm. movie was done, although I don't think they deviated from the first half of the book at all. It was done in such a way that it kept you interested through the whole thing. And so it scored high points with me because of that. It didn't it didn't feel tedious. So well, and it, the, the book seemed to focus a lot on her whining about trying to get Peter back. And the movie toned that down a little bit. Did you <laughs> At see At least it? the first half. Yeah. We went and saw it in theaters. I haven't seen it yet. I, I, there, it, there were parts in the movie where so it was... It's been so long since I read Mockingjay, but I, I thought she complained about wanting well, to get Peter yeah, back. Yeah, but it just felt like there was more in the book. Okay. Maybe, uh, maybe it's probably Maybe true. because we had that inner monologue of her. Uh, uh, I bet you're right. Yeah. I bet you're exactly And then the right. movie that's not there. So. What did you do, Sean? I know who I don't like. (laughs) (laughs) I just know who I don't like already, so I don't have to get mad because I already know how it ends. So that's that's probably why the movie's better. (laughs) I got so excited that Ethan Hawke's in the new Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to be in Rogue One. Yeah, I just I'm 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 yeah that trailer dropped this week. Well, (laughs) leaked this week. Oh, the Rogue One. The trailer. Yeah. No, the actual Star Wars trailer. I haven't seen the Rogue One last week. I just Disney saw the, the scrambling yeah, celebration. Clicked on the video. thing and Disney's this copyrighted blah blah I blah. Saw it's been removed. I saw, I saw the leaked video. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, it's, okay. it's kind of cool. It doesn't it's, give us uh, anything. Yeah, it's it's a teaser. I don't care. In the true form of the well, word <laughs> teaser. And they use, reuse one of my probably favorite lines since yeah. speeches from the yeah. trilogy. Although somebody said the because. Cell-tack. The it rumor is Ewan McGregor is actually going to reprise his role as Obi-Wan Kenobi, but the voiceover is definitely cut, lifted straight from oh, yeah. uh, A New Hope. And it, it doesn't quite make sense for what they said about this movie either. Since, I mean, it kind of does, but it... it, it I've been trying to, I mean... A ro- Are you trying to avoid spoilers it's, it's, about it's it? It's called... Uh, Rogue One. Rogue One. Okay, obviously we're talking pilots. We're talking X-Wings. I don't see why Obi-Wan would be in it. But, uh, it's well, set it, it's, between episodes three and four. Yeah. So the, 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 the premise, spoilers if you don't want to hear, plug your ears if you don't want to hear, but the premise is it's the rebel They're it's the group the one that, line. That, that go in and steal the plants to the Death Star. So we're going to see many, oh, we're, we're gonna see yeah. many boffins. Cool. Yeah. What's a boffin? Have we seen them in the it's movie series? Well, yeah. we have in the movie series, okay. which I'm... I'm sure they're going to change because in the books they're like these furry, pointy-eared, yeah, anthropomorphized. Dogs. That, that was a big part of <laughs> which book was that? A big part of where they explored that story. <laughs> well, that? they're talked about in the Thrawn trilogy. In fact, one of the well, it, it one of the Republic um, higher ups is a Bothan. Well, is um, Shadows of the Empire explore? No, no, no. Um, Dark Forces. The video, uh, the yeah, video game. You were you were the spy that went into. Okay, steel maybe that's what I'm thinking of. See, that, that, I didn't know that. Cool. No, I'm excited about knowing, that. But yeah, then seeing the trailer, it's like I don't quite understand why they use that bit of dialogue. Because <laughs> like I, I haven't seen the trailer. The last so part, yeah, makes sense. But the first part, it's kind of harking for, back for to reality. Yeah, <laughs> because they don't have anything else to use, I guess. Um, although I, I, I'm still very much in the mindset that. They 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 named themselves rogues after Yavin, and so I I don't know how, how much I'm gonna. Don't you suppose maybe they named themselves even though it was after Yavin? They named themselves for the group that went in and stole the plants. 
There you go. Okay, fixed. Head cannon. Thank you. <laughs> While we're on it, let's talk you about guys the trailer. Saw the trailer, right? For, yes, for yes. episode. I didn't seven. only watch the trailer. I the watched Force the Awakens. trailer we're like no nineteen longer. times this week. Yeah, me too. We're no longer using episode, episode one, nine, two, we'll three. We're not using episode tells anymore. You notice that with the digital well, releases, it says thing. Star oh. Wars. It says. Uh, Star Wars: A New Hope. Star, well, Star Wars: Phantom Menace. Star Wars. Did you uh, actually buy Attack one of the digital releases? I haven't yet, but I've, I've, <laughs> I've gone to iTunes saved. a number of times, going. I know, dollars, ninety dollars. Buy all. <laughs> yeah, well, because that's just it. I thought well, I could buy them one at a time, but then it's going to cost me an extra forty bucks or fifty bucks in order to do them one at a time. But it seems like I could spread them out over paychecks yeah. a lot easier. But part of I, me thinks I, I st- I've still never bought the Blu-ray, which is just. Crazy talk. Crazy for me because I own every other copy, every other version you can possibly have, with the exception of LaserDisc. I have every other version. Both of those. I have the original VHS release. I have the THX VHS release. And I have the... Widescreen. I have the uh, special edition VHS release. Do you have the widescreen box with the hologram? I don't have the widescreen box. Oh, I'm disappointed now. Um, And then I have the DVD version of... All of the films. I have the DVD version of the Laserdisc, which was the original cut that they released. Yeah, original. The cut. individual releases they did. Yeah, um, that were basically <laughs> the Laserdisc versions on DVD. Yeah, and I even have that. At I least bought you can watch Sean. the original cut. Actually, at least, I least you can watch yours without a blue screen between them every thirty minutes, like I have. I have <laughs> the ultra rare uh, VHS version of. Phantom Menace. It's the only one of the new trilogy that was released on VHS, from what I understand. The widescreen. I have it in widescreen, yes. The, the uh, elongated box with film cell. No. But I have the widescreen, but it's a regular size box. Oh, you didn't keep the... you Because the widescreen one came in a, a like collector's box with a film cell. Oh, it did have a collector's box. And everybody I was upset because I don't know do how many of my it. friends do have it, yeah. came out to the store and bought them. And we apparently got the whole batch where it was, you know that pan shot from Tatooine where it's desert, 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 desert. And then there's Padme we each ship. shot desert. Five everybody got a desert. shot of desert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I do have it. I think that's up with the rest of my Star Wars stuff put away oh, okay. in the attic somewhere. But yeah, I do have that. I'd be really hurt if you got rid of that VHS yeah. copy. I have the VHS <laughs> copy because it was in its own slip sleeve block box yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, that way you could take it, it out. Goes of that. My, it, yeah, it goes on see, my. See, that's shelf. the smart, that's the the smart packaging. Here's this big gigantic oversized box, and inside this big box is a little box that matches everything else to put on your shelf. I was like, thank you. <laughs> Although it didn't. No, because they're gold instead of silver. <laughs> no, no, no. The uh, I actually because I have the widescreen version on VHS of the special editions. Those were silver. And the pan scan was gold, which I always thought was weird. But oh, yeah, you're right, of the original that, trilogy. The well, but, they did that with the DVDs, too. Yeah. But the, the, the box art even isn't even the same. It's like they decided on a box art design for the – because it, 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 it's sort of like the box art design for the DVD. They decided on that design, and I think they still intended to release everything again on VHS. And then they just stopped because, well, VHS is dead. So – Anyway, the trailer. I'm going to challenge awesome. that because, <laughs> and I have watched that too. Blockbuster, or 3, times. we had Attack of the Clones on VHS. Uh, l- let me say that that is probably true, but it was never released at the street retail. It was released to video stores in the VHS version. It had to have been a sell-through title. There's no way a Star Wars film would have come out at a rental price point. I, I I could be wrong, but I was looking on the internet to see how many versions there were out there, and it only lists the. Regardless, there's a lot of versions. <laughs> 
true. I'm going to call oh, Shanae. You, you have a lot more versions to buy because then there's the Blu-ray. I'm not buying them all. Clock, clock, I did that back saga. in the day. <laughs> no, see, and that's just it. I, if I bought the Blu-ray edition, I would just buy the whole set. I wouldn't I buy it. I have one of those at work, the, 74 bucks. See, it's a much higher price, what? too. I have one of those sagas at work, 74 bucks used, plus my discount. Just saying. You know, I'm I'm tempted to to just to wait. Buy the, no, I'm, I'm tempted just to buy the digital versions, and that way I don't have to worry about. I'm tempted to buy the digital. Like I told Mel, I was like, "Look, like it's and she goes, "Why would you want to do that? You own them on Blu-ray." And I'm like, "Because it's I can watch it on anything, anywhere, ever." She goes, "Yeah, but you own them on Blu-ray." So like, you're missing the point, Mel. <laughs> I can I can watch them on my phone. I can watch them on my computer. I can watch them on my iPad. I can watch them on the TV or the Xbox. Or the... But you have them on Blu-ray. <laughs> but it's Star Wars. So I haven't done that either, but I'm I'm fighting. Yeah, I'm fighting it. And now we're talking about doing a uh, Star Wars with friends near the end of the year before yeah, the movie a, comes out. Yeah, there's a poll so, to vote on yeah. which version of the movie Well, I went you and ticked own. every version that I own because <laughs> it, it said tick more than one. So, I think the idea is to come up with a consensus of what everybody has, everybody the most have of a version and which no one can watch in VHS. I don't have to dig my VHS player out. Oh, you want to come watch it on LaserDisc? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'll fire up I, the I would, but I guarantee that's not going to win the poll. <laughs> Was that even a tick option? I don't know if it was a I tick should go option. look. I'll write in. <laughs> it's on the Five-ish Fangirls uh, webpage, so if you plan yeah. to join us, be sure to go there and vote. They're talking about doing Back to the Future this summer. Ooh. Yeah. That'd be fun. I've been the, trailer. The, trailer. the trailer. The trailer. So, the trailer. So, Steve, so I felt Steve, like a kid again. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I really did. I watched <laughs> it going, oh. Chris, I did was... that with Phantom Menace, too. We saw how that turned out. So. <laughs> Patrick. Patrick came over. And he and Mel watch uh, shows, and we he came over and we watched. Um, they were watching Orphan Black, and then in between Orphan Black and Game of Thrones, so I got to see Game of Thrones episode one. Yay! Yay. Eh, kind of like you said, nothing. It's establishing the season. Yeah, establishing. You know, and it was bad. It, 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 it was a nice. Oh yeah, that's and the dragons are locked up, except for okay, yeah, and ooh, they're not happy with you, and <laughs> you know, boom, 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 boom. Okay, cool. I felt not all of the dragons. Are I, I I felt good that we're reintroduced. Yeah. Is, yeah. is kind yeah. of the way to say it. So then... Um, what was it the longest last time on <laughs> Game of Thrones man. I've ever yeah. seen in my life? Even but, called back to season one. Yes, yeah. it did. And then... Um, so so Patrick pulls it up and he says, we got to watch this. And I'm like, what is it? And he says, you'll see. And he played it. And I got angry. <laughs> <laughs> I got angry... Because I got so fanboy, <laughs> giddy, <laughs> childlike excited. Yeah. And I didn't want to. I really, I, 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 I'm, I want to stay uh, kind of. when you have Luke talking and you know it's new dialogue or re. re but and then Han and Chewie show up. Yeah. And then <laughs> you actually <laughs> seeing them. I, I just, I, I saw the internet go ballistic when it came out. Yeah. And I stayed and away from it because I, I, I wanted to like, see it on my 50. Yeah, I was like, I don't, I don't want to know. TV. I don't want to know. I didn't want to watch it. But everybody was like, oh, my. I don't want to know. And it I, happened I, from the time, sometime between me leaving. It was really sometime between me leaving for work and me getting to work. Yeah. I got, well, it came out uh, at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. And I, I waited until that night I to just, watch it. I, you know, I, I, I'm trying to stay kind of clinically detached. You know, I've been hurt before. <laughs> I, I don't want to <laughs> commit to this relationship again. 
And it just, because everybody had that same reaction to the teaser, which is a teaser. I didn't, didn't have that much anything, you know? I mean, I, did, I, I enjoyed the teaser, but this one was this like, one, yeah. wow. You know, there's a teaser the kind is, of with the teaser, it, and until I heard his voice and then seen Han and Chewie in the trailer, I've kind of put it in a fan film category. <laughs> now it's real. <laughs> it's no longer a fan film. It's actually connected. I, and I, I just, you know, I was I was so from from moment one, it's like okay, oh, establishing shot, desert. Again, okay, and the little thing, and you're going like this, and there's that wreck in the middle of the screen, and you're looking at it going, what is that wreck? What is that wreck? And you don't notice the mountain <laughs> behind it isn't a mountain. It's a crash, <laughs> it's a crash star, star destroyer. It's like, oh, what? <sighs> and then, you know. The- well, I, I instantly thought of those posters they did when they kind of announced, or the fans made of the star destroyers mm-hmm. crashing into planets. I thought, oh, they're actually taking inspiration. Yeah. And the I, the I, I, the black stormtrooper, can we get him uh, an inhaler? Because every clip I've seen of this guy, he's been out of breath and sweaty. And it's like he's had a rough day. I don't know what his problem is. I'm intrigued. But you know, so it went on, and we got more X-wings, and we got you know Luke and the hand and Art two and all this awesomeness, and the Falcon and flying inside the engines and the whole bit, and then Chewie. We're home. And I broke. I wept. Just big. <laughs> and I got so angry that they did that to me. And then Patrick well, looked at me with this big grin on his face. string to pluck. Is what yeah. They oh, yeah. They knew every single one of them. Patrick, it was, in a, it was you've got Disney. <laughs> These guys are. They know how to manipulate. How, how many parents have Disney killed over the years? They know exactly where they've got a whole room full of people going, you need to put this in the trailer. So I looked so at that. They, they used to drag you back in the theaters to see all their classic films. Every They release them every seven years. But Patrick now looked at me with this big grin on his face, and I said, play it again. <laughs> so Mel came in the room, and we watched it. And then we played it a third time to start dissecting it and really, you know, oh, look at that. And look at this thing. And all this kind of stuff. And I just over and over and over. So then we went to this con. And we, were, we, we got into the big room where we were waiting for our Richard Dean Anderson panel. And the programming before that was uh, basically the trailer presentation where we're going to watch all of the trailers for cool and upcoming films. <laughs> and the audience is reacting to these like, ooh, ah! And it's like, do you guys not have YouTube? <laughs> I've seen all of these. Did like you see the spoiler times. Terminator one? No. Thankfully, we arrived late because <laughs> I, I didn't know that was the panel that was in no. there. <laughs> I've avoided that one myself. I've, I don't want to know. Got a, I've got a nice fan theory, but since you guys haven't watched it, yeah, I, I don't. I, I, that one I'm going to stay away from because I don't. I don't want to know. I haven't watched the new uh, Jurassic Park one yet. Oh, the new Jurassic Park one is awesome. I haven't seen that one yet either. Um, but we we saw you know Mission Impossible and everyone's oh, there's a new Mission Impossible. Like, yes, well, I Mission saw that weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, it looks great. You know, they I mean, had the I'm, Batman versus Superman. Uh, yeah, okay, so that <laughs> broke that morning. And Mel and I, I literally were laying in bed in the hotel, and I pulled it up on the iPad. And Superman trailer. I was like, okay, so we clicked on it. And we watched it. Let me tell you how unimpressed, underwhelmed, and all in yep. general unexcited I am for yep. this movie. Me too. I and I'm trying not right to be. Now. I'm trying not let you not to let you rub off on me. I'm trying. I'm still have that. 
I've got to give it a chance. I think attitude. the Batman stuff is going to be great in it. It's the everything else that I'm not too sure well, about. Well, you know, I kind of like the idea of the, the, that they're at least taking it seriously, that there's this group that hates Superman because he's, you know, okay, that's kind of cool. For, for what you set up in the first film, that's a logical extension of that plot. I'll go yeah. with that. It's just it's not, not my Superman. Superman. No. It's not what I want. So... Yeah, and, and and all of my all of my fanboy friends on Facebook were all like, "Oh my god!" This is like, no. I think everybody was fanboying over Batman, and let's yeah. keep in mind it's a Superman sequel. <laughs> it's not a Batman film, even he though Batman's going to be probably in it. So. Yeah, that's true. So then, at the end of this trailer presentation, he says, "Oh, and there's this other film. I don't know if you've heard of it or not. It's going to come out in December." And there was a little bit of laughter because we knew what was coming, you know? <laughs> and it came up. And I'm in a room with like, you know, I don't know, probably 2,000 people. It wasn't as big as the big room at Planet Comic Con. But, you know, 2,000 some people in this room. And it's packed. And the lights, you know, and it comes up on the screen. And you could just hear this collective. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) And they held it for two minutes until, Chewie, we're home. And the place went bananas. (laughs) And... Goosebumps. (laughs) Goosebumps. <laughs> Just. And again, the inner fanboy. <laughs> it was a completely different experience watching it on the couch mm-hmm. with Patrick and Mel versus watching it in that environment. And it's like, man, I cannot wait. Well, I, December cannot come fast enough. It, just seeing the original teaser from a TV or computer on the big screen makes a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell man. I'll tangent a little more. The, the, no, the best experience I ever had with a quote-unquote t- trailer, and it was more of a teaser, but it was it was not the teasers we get now, is when I went to Celebration 2, the year that Attack of the Clones was coming out. And we had seen, this is like, the internet was still very young, and you didn't get movie trailers online. You got them in the, in the theater. But the, the, the most incredible experience I ever with theaters with a trailer was we went into this room where they were talking about Attack of the Clones and how it was getting ready to come out. And I don't even remember what the entire panel itself was, was for. But it, it was a packed room. It was the largest ballroom in the uh, – well, you remember it. It was the big ballroom at uh, oh, uh, yeah. Indianapolis. Or, yeah, ballroom. And we're all packed in there and we're sitting there. And they had the one where they ruined Revenge of the Sith for me. They had a whole no, no, that was a different room. This was the really big one that we saw. um, Who did we go in there to see? That's the one they kept having Lucas in the year that we were there. Really, really big. It's like twice as big as the one that they ruined um, (laughs) (laughs) Revenge of the Sith. Um, Anyway, so I go in there and we sit down, and they, they, I think it was Anthony Daniels, who was, was, he was, because he was master of ceremonies and he was talking, he was doing all this stuff. And they said, "What?" Uh, Steve Santwick came out and he says uh, he talked a little bit about Star Wars and Attack of the Clones. And t- still, they weren't releasing a lot of information about Attack of the Clones. I mean, we saw images and stuff that were all over the place. But they said, "Now, unfortunately, it was the same day that Spider-Man came out. The exact same day that the first Spider-Man movie was okay. coming out. In fact, it was going to be. It was on a Friday, and it was coming. It was releasing that night. And they said." Now we don't. We unfortunately we don't. We can't show you anything from Attack of the Clones, but we do. We did get a trailer for a little movie that's coming out tonight, and well, Sony was kind enough to let us have a copy of the trailer, so we thought we'd show you, you know, what you can expect from it. And so the lights go down, and the trailer comes up, and I'm thinking, why are they showing a Spider-Man? 
And in the Spider-Man font, I don't even remember what it said, but I still was convinced that it was Spider-Man because in the Spider-Man font it said, coming this, uh, coming this May <laughs> to a theater near you, which because it was May, and it said, and then it came up and it, they, uh, it's the scene where Yoda and Dooku fight. And all you see is Yoda walk up kind of to the camera, ignite his lightsaber, and the room just erupted because we're all expecting <laughs> Spider-Man. And just everybody's going crazy. And, of course, then they show us maybe 30 seconds of that fight scene where Yoda's yeah. jumping around. Nobody, Everybody was still curious. Is the CGI going to work? Is Yoda actually going to fight? You know, how's it? And he goes – they launch into this battle and it was just – it was the most amazing experience I'd ever seen with a group of people – watching a trailer for a film and we were all blown away and, and it all had to do with the setup for it because we all thought we were going to see Spider-Man. What's a Star Wars geek to the Star Wars convention? Only Star Wars convention. It's not even like Celebration is just Star Wars. And it just was – and the same thing. It's like goosebumps and the room erupted in cheers and it was just – it was amazing. So, yeah, that happened. <laughs> and now we wait. Yeah. <laughs> we still got like... half a year to go. <laughs> I don't want to wait. Um, what else did we do this? What'd week? you do this weekend, Sean? Might as well tell us. Oh, we went to a con. <laughs> <laughs> I asked what did you watch anything before you went to the con, or um, since you got back? We finished Archer season three, and um, I watched Game of Thrones. I don't think we got a movie in this week. I wanted to, but uh, it just didn't happen. So, How was the con? The con was really pretty cool. Um, Mel and I went to Starfest Denver in Denver, Colorado, um, which is about, I don't know, Google swears up and down. It's an eight-hour drive. I've never made that drive in less than ten. It's at least nine and a half. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know where Google. Starfest, how old is this con? 30 plus years. Yeah, it sounds wow. like an old title for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Starfest. Starfest. Um, sounds like a 1980s con. <laughs> I, I, I joked because yeah, it would be. the, the way it's set up is you, you go to the website and they've got this ancient looking website that looks like it hasn't been updated in forever. Since the 1980s. You know. <laughs> Even before the internet. <laughs> when, 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 when that was a thing. When the internet first Re- came out. Rec. Dot arcs dot arts dot Starfest. <laughs> so... They've got, all, <laughs> they've, they've got all these other festivals. There's a Who Fest, and there's a, a Klingon Fest, and there's a This Fest, and a This Fest, blah, blah, blah. And what it, what it really, on the surface, what it looks like happened is the city of Denver said, no, we don't want you crazy people roaming the streets in your costumes. <laughs> you're going to get this thing organized. You're going to put it all under one roof, and you get one weekend. Do it all at the same time. So they did. <laughs> And they, they literally, there's a programming track for just Doctor Who. There's a programming hmm. track for just Star Trek. There's a programming track for... The, it's a really the, clever way to do yeah, it. Yeah, they had a whole thing on model building. Like, there was a whole wing de- dedicated to, you can come in here and we've got model kits. And you pull them apart <laughs> and start building stuff. And we'll show you how to paint it. We'll show you how to light it. We'll show you how to... And you just kept coming back for the next session if you wanted to do that. And then they put everything on display at the end, hmm. which was really cool. Um but I mean, they, they just, they had all this kind of stuff going. Um, they had, uh, of course we went for Richard Dean Anderson, um, who is one of Mel's absolute favorites and he doesn't do a lot of cons. 
And so we, we were kind of lamenting that and trying to figure out after uh, Planet Comic Con, it was like, okay, what do we got lined up on the docket for the rest of the year? Because we're kind of <laughs> we're running out of money and got too many cons left to go. And um, we talked about doing the, the Stargate one in Chicago again because uh, Carter, um, I can't think of her name, is going to be there, Carter. And, you know, she's like, okay, cool. She says, man, I really want to see Richard Dean Anderson. I really want to see Richard Dean Anderson. So just on a lark, we, you know, what's Richard Dean Anderson up to? What's he doing? Oh, he's going to be at Starfest next month? What's Starfest? And that's kind of what kicked <laughs> off this whole thing. Um, so we went down there for that, and he was kind of the headline guy. But then they also had um, uh, Arben Shimmerman and Max Grodencheck and Aaron Eisenberg, who were kind of the three main Ferengi from Deep Space Nine. It was Quark, Ram, and Nog. They had uh, uh, Terry Farrell, who played Dax on Deep Space Nine, was there. They had uh, Mark Goodard from uh, Lost in Space. It's Goddard, isn't it? Is it Goddard? I think so. Uh, the original Don West uh, was there. Um, he's got to be old now. He's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And... Um, so they, they just, I mean, they, and they just kind of, they, you know, it was just this con. And we kind of really didn't know what to expect. So we, we, we had kind of contingency plans A, B, C, and D going into the weekend, not really knowing what to do um, as far as how packed is this going to be, how big a deal is it. We didn't think, I mean, just based on the website presence, we were kind of expecting maybe about galley size, but maybe mm-hmm. a lot smaller. So, you know, we're going to go ahead and get the room for these nights, but we'll, you know, maybe we can leave and we'll go do something else. And if not, we'll get another night and, you know, all the stuff. So we got down there um, after a long and eventful drive, which I won't go into. We uh, <laughs> we got down there Friday night for a meet and greet, which you had to pay extra for. Let me tell you this. If you get the opportunity, do the meet and greet all day, every day at any con you go to. I was so impressed with this, with this one. Um they had everybody in a room at these round tables, and the guests rotated from table to table to table, so you got to spend... I mean, it was probably only about five minutes with each guest, and every time they would sound the ding, the guests would look up at the table like, no, 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 I'm not done talking yet. <laughs> Especially Richard Dean Anderson, who kind of moves at his own pace. <laughs> so the handlers kept trying to move him over to the table, and you know, he was. we were talking hockey, so he wasn't moving. <laughs> he was thrilled. You, you watch hockey? Oh, yeah, I got a team back home. Oh, really? Was... We went on and on and on with, with that. That was a lot of fun. But um, uh, so you got to meet each of the guests, and uh, um, a couple of writers were there that I follow: uh, Dayton Ward and uh, Kevin. I can't remember his name. Kevin, somebody. Uh, they write Star Trek books, which was uh, they were a blast to talk to. Um, side story: It's funny. Kevin, he, he still has a daytime job in Kansas City. Oh, at Hallmark. <laughs> Apparently, he's on. He, he writes cards for Hallmark, but he's also on the product launch design crew. For all of the geek and sci-fi themed ornaments, ah. so he was talking about different ones, and and somebody mentioned the original Enterprise 1991 ornament that currently is going for six hundred dollars, and I have one. <laughs> um, and the fact that uh, he, he says, "Here's a fun story for you." He says the original, like the guy that sculpted that, is still on staff and still does all the spaceships for him. But the original design print that Hallmark said is they wanted to take the Enterprise and Christmas it up. <laughs> and he says, to the extent of they wanted garland to go around the saucer section, <laughs> they wanted Christmas lights and a tree on the hangar this deck. This is in the early days, though, when they, they, weren't, they didn't they, they do weren't, stuff like that. Yeah, this. they weren't authentic. So this was kind of a new yeah, deal. And, and Santa was supposed to be on the, <laughs> on the bridge doing this, <laughs> doing the, the Vulcan salute out of the thing. He says, I kid you not, that's where they... 
And so he's, you know, kind of going, oh my God, this was so horrible. And all of us at the table went, oh, that'd be so cool. (laughs) (laughs) And so he says, okay, so maybe he says, maybe we'll do a, maybe we'll do a new line. Like I'll do an alternate universe setup where, you know, the original design or something, and we'll bring it out as a special. And we'll, we'll just go over it. We'll put red bows on it. And I said, ooh, you could put a wreath around the navigational deflector. And he goes, ooh, yeah, that's a good <laughs> <laughs> you, know. you gave him some nice ideas then. Well, and I asked him, I said, do you take requests? And he says, I'm always up for suggestions. What do you got in mind? I said, Flash Gordon. Oh, yes. And he goes, oh, now, do you, you talking original? I said, well, the 1980 is, you know, is where it's at. And he he thought for a minute, he says, I don't think we could do character sculpts on that one. But he says, I'd love to do a line of retro 50s Flash Gordon style well, rocket cool. ships. And everybody at the table went, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if you're in a Hallmark store this Christmas well, and you see a retro Flash Gordon rocket ship. Right here, <laughs> this guy. My idea. It might not be this year because at Planet Comic Con, they Hallmark actually had a booth. Oh, did they? Previewing I didn't see some that. of the ornaments. It was like in the far corner, previewing some of the ornaments for 2015. Okay, well maybe it'll be next and year. They actually then. had them, some of them. One of them is Doctor Zayas. So they're continuing the oh, Planet of the Apes nice. line. But uh, yeah, so he was very very excited over that. But the, the meet and greet was a lot of fun. It was very cool. Um, and then uh, Saturday we got up, and uh, first thing we got Richard Dean Anderson's autograph, which was very cool, and he was a delight and a lot of fun, and very much more um, closely aligned with his character from SG One than MacGyver. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, they had a little placard uh, at his table that said, "Due to the difficulty in signing certain items, Richard is unable to sign fabrics, knives, or duct tape." <laughs> And somebody asked him at his panel, I said, so, you know, do you catch a lot of grief from, he goes, oh, he says, every day, he says, the cable repair guy, the mechanic, the, you know, <laughs> everything is, well, can't you fix it? Aren't you MacGyver? And he's like, I'm paying you. Get over here and fix this. <laughs> but he was a lot of fun. Um, I mean, everybody was delight. Everybody was really friendly. And apparently, um, I can't think of her name, Carter. She was there last year, and they have such a friendly environment and friendly staff, and it's a big family kind of atmosphere, again, kind of like Galley. And we talked to people who said, you know, this is my 29th one. Samantha. Samantha. Uh, well, no, Samantha Carter's her real name, or her character name. Um, oh, you're right. Uh, Amanda Tapping. Amanda Tapping. Thank you. God, that was going to bug me. You um, kept saying Carter. I was giving you Carter's name. Yeah. No, you're, you're right. It's Samantha Carter, but Amanda, <laughs> Amanda Tapping. She was there last year. And like I said, we talked to people who, this is their 29th one. Wow. They just keep coming back. And we talked to, like, there was a lady in the hot tub, and she says, well, you know, we said, was this your daughter? Because the kid was playing in the hot tub and jumping back and forth in the pool. And she goes, oh, no, no, no. She's, that's her daughter. Like, oh, friend of the family? She goes, no. She says, I've known her since, well, she was in mom's tummy because we've been coming to the con all this time. So I see him every year. <laughs> really? Okay. Um, but apparently because of that kind of uh, environment and that kind of friend, friendly uh, staff and everything, when um, Amanda Tapping was there last year and they've been trying to get Richard to come out for years, she got him on the phone and said, dude, you need to go to Denver. You need to go try this con out. And he finally came out and he was blown away by how great and, you know, just 
he was really impressed with it. So that was, you know, cool. You know, this is, this is a neat little thing. Um, they had, uh, over in the model builder section, they had not one, not two, but three robots from lost in space. Wow. Full size automated neon lights, flashing voice activated, swiveling arms, jumping out with the claw pincer things going on. It's like, I wasn't even a huge lost in space fan. And I was like, that is so cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, a pretty good dealer's room. I mean, and then in the second part of the hotel was kind of the big atrium lobby. And all of the rooms had balconies that looked out onto the atrium. Mm-hmm. And there was apparently a decorate your balcony contest. All the Klingons got rooms together and had <laughs> changed the lighting. Like they all brought red light bulbs and replaced all of the, the bulbs on the thing. So there was this whole floor that was nothing but red and Klingon banners hanging over the thing. And it was like, this is, you know, wow, these guys take this seriously. Um, more cosplay than I have ever seen at any con as far as variety. Hmm. You had Star Trek. You had Star Wars. You had Disney. You had... um you know, every cons- they had a lot of Doctor Who. They had anime. They had furries, which I still don't get. They had horror. They had, I mean, just anything and everything you could possibly dress up as. People dressed up as nice. it was unreal. The the just and it was all good. It was all really good co- video games. I mean, it was all really good costuming. But it was just like everywhere you looked, your brain was struggling to keep up with. That's from that. That's from that. That's from this. You know, just because there was so much of it. Uh, the Ferengis were a delight. I have heard of them at several different cons just being, you know, amazing and funny, and they're all great friends. And and that was certainly true um, here to the point where we had to go buy additional tickets because there was a, a program they put on called Brotherly Love, and it was Armin Shimmerman and Max Gronchek who played Cork and Rom, who mm-hmm. were brothers on Deep Space Nine. And apparently Max is quite the lyricist. And he would write new lyrics. He was kind of pulling a weird owl. He would write new lyrics to songs. And it became a, a, a challenge because as they're sitting in their makeup trailers at 2 in the morning getting stuff glued <laughs> onto their heads for four hours, he would start singing. And the idea that apparently had started was he, he wanted to try and get Armin Shimmerman to break and crack up in the chair, thus delaying the makeup process. <laughs> so that was how it started. It was just, what can I do to get Armin to laugh? And he started singing to him in all these wacky lyrics. Well, Armin fell in love with it. And was like, you got to write that. you got to record that song. you got to do this. So they, he started, okay. So they did this whole stage show where he would come out and sing. And they, they would trade off, and some of them were duets, and some of them were one of the other, where he sang all these you know forty some odd songs that he's been writing and and and, and doing, and they were hysterical. It was just an absolute riot. I've got some video which I'll show you guys at some point, but uh, they were just really funny, uh, and the nicest people, and and very grateful for what they've had and and uh, their success and everything. So it was really cool. And um, by Sunday at noon, I think we kind of figured that we've seen everything we wanted to see. We've done everything we wanted to do. I mean, we could hang out till the end of the day and enjoy the rest of the con, but we're kind of done. So let's take off. So we, we left and packed up and um, there was still enough ice and snow coming down that we didn't make it to Frisco, which is kind of my, my end goal. That's where I'm going to wind up. Uh, which is about an hour west of Denver. But instead, we headed south and went down to Colorado Springs and uh, visited the Air Force Academy. 
and kind of did a Stargate pilgrimage because they shot some of uh, the show down there. And so I was showing Mel, this is this, this is, and went to the, uh, the cadet chapel, which is the most gorgeous building ever built. It's just such a, a, a yeah, I love the architecture in that building. I'm kind of an architecture nut anyway. And that thing is just amazing. And then, um, uh, we, we asked, um, cause, uh, apparently NORAD's not there anymore. Right. It's, I mean, the, the facility's the still there, but still they, there. they, they don't yeah. really use it as much. It's more of well, kind of a training facility. NORAD doesn't use it. It's a, yeah. it's actually a storage vault now. In fact, Warner Brothers has stuff there. Um, I think there's, um, different companies that store data there. Yeah. Well, on the, on the, well, the bunker itself is still in existence and the lower levels are storage. And I believe the, as I understand it, the air force still uses it kind of as like a backup control room mm. for training purposes, sure. but it's not really, everything's been, I mean, cause it was built in the sixties and technology yeah. is just, which kind of, you know, made me sad because you know, war games, that's where it is. Um, <laughs> but also obviously in the, in the basement is, is the Stargate. Cause it was underneath NORAD <laughs> in the series. Apparently, as a joke, there is a broom closet that's labeled Stargate Command yeah, on the inside that. of the thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we kind of thought, well, you know you know the, the tunnel entrance on the outside, the one that uh-huh. says Cheyenne Mountain Complex? Right. We thought, it'd be kind of cool if we could get over there and take a picture of that. Now, I know I'm not going to get on base. I know I'm not going to get anywhere near the mountain itself. And I'm fairly certain that this thing is so far inside a gated, wooded area with <laughs> dogs and... <laughs> That I'm not even going to, even with my telephoto zoom, I'm not going to get a shot of it. But we thought we'd ask. And so I, I kind of presented it and I explained, you know, this is going to sound goofy, but we're doing a Stargate weekend. We just came from this con and then we came here. We'd like to go there. And she went, ha, not going to happen. <laughs> so I, and she says, nah. She says, you can't get near that gate. She says, it's, I was like, oh, she goes, I know. We get a lot of requests. It's not a stupid question, actually. I said, really? She goes, yep. She says Stargate. She says Stargate War Games. We get people asking all the time. Where's that at? You can't get there. Okay. Well, good to know. But um, then we went down to Garden of the Gods. Uh, you've, I'm sure you've been there. I have never been to Garden of the Gods. It's one of those things. My, my I, I, all these childhood trips to Colorado, and I think my grandparents and my mom kind of all thought most of Colorado Springs is kind of a tourist trap. It really is. Which it really is. But there's a lot of cool free stuff to do. And Garden of the Gods is free. I mean, you know, they got gift shops that they're going to suck you in all kinds of stuff. But I mean, it's free. Air Force Base is free. Uh, Seven Spring or Seven Falls is free. Well, after that con, I was quite happy for free because <laughs> I spent way more money than I planned. Even pre-buying all my tickets, I spent more money than I planned on. So we went there, and um, it was still trying really hard to snow. So we had our jackets and did the hike and everything, and then came back, and we were kind of getting concerned because we, we really wanted to do more. But it was like, what time does the sun set tonight? So we're Googling this. We're standing out there on the on the, on the the butte, you know, in the middle of the Googling, what time is the sun set? And it's 6.45. We looked at the clock. It's 7 o'clock, 6 o'clock. Okay. We've got about an hour. We keep going. It's like, yeah, but wait a minute. It's cloudy, and I can't see the sunset. And I don't want to get lost in Garden of the Gods <laughs> after dark. We'd be one of those stories they'd talk about on the news. Local couple dies in freak snowstorm. So uh, we went back to the hotel, but then wound up going back the next day. It was beautiful weather um, and kind of hiked around and did some more stuff. Got some fantastic shots. Um, and so did you stay in Colorado Springs? We did. did you we, drive we, back we, to Denver? No, no. We, we spent uh, Sunday night in Colorado Springs. Uh, but unfortunately, we had such a good time, we didn't leave um, as early as we should have. <laughs> so we, 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 we hit the road about four 
Um, and then that 10 hour drive <laughs> kicked in and didn't get home until about one thirty, which is why we're recording this late. So I apologize. It's my fault. Um, but yeah, I had a great weekend and it just kind of, uh, I was telling Keith earlier, it just kind of renews my soul to go to the mountains. I just, I'm like the TARDIS. I soak up all that energy and, and you know, I just, I got to get back there. I feel better. I'm happier. I love mountains. So had a great weekend. A lot of Sounds fun. Sounds like it. Cool. All right. More we... pictures coming. I haven't got them all. <laughs> should Wait, we move so on we... to news? This then? is what I'm going to do when, when we go to Planet Comic Con, I'm giving Mel the camera. Cause I don't, I feel like I don't take near enough cosplay photos. Yeah, I just, I, I want to, I just don't. And I realized part of it is that kind of weird, Hey, there's a cute chick and I'm a creepy guy. Can I get your photo? <laughs> I mean, not that that's what it is, but that's what it right, feels right, like. Right. You know, Mel's fearless. She just right. runs up to people. Can I get a photo? Oh yeah, sure. And she took nine zillion <laughs> photographs this weekend. <laughs> I'm still only day one of the con is posted at this point on our Facebook because I'm still sorting through. Oh my. So more are coming, but yeah, I'm just going to, that's my, actually what I'm going to do tomorrow is I'm going <laughs> to sort and catalog photos. <laughs> All right, what do we got going on news? Uh, well, if you remember not that long ago, we talked about uh, BBC packaging up some Cyberman stories uh, and releasing them on DVD. They're doing that with Daleks. Yay! <laughs> uh, July 14th, there will be a Dalek set coming out. The stories include Dalek, Stolen Earth, and Journey's End, Asylum of the Daleks, and Into the Dalek. So, no... Uh, series three with Martha's two-parter, and then the bonus feature is Genesis of the Daleks, which is still available on DVD, isn't it? Yes. So yes. I wonder if that's going to be going on moratorium now. Oh, buy your copies now. And then another featurette about Dalek origin. So I love the Daleks, but I just don't like these box sets. <sighs> no, there's no reason <laughs> for me to. The only reason I'm tempted to buy the. Cyberman one is just for that one episode. And for that matter, I could probably get the uh, Doctors Revisited cheaper. So That's true. Yep, so that's coming. Keep an eye out for that if you want it. Uh, And other kind of head-scratching news, in my opinion. (laughs) Uh, Doctor Who is coming to Disney XD in North America. Uh, On Saturday, May 9th, they will air New Earth. And then they're going to have an Adventure in Space, Adventures in Time and Space weekend, Saturday, June thirteenth, uh, th- and then I guess it's going to go through a, for a full week, not a weekend, uh, through the June twentieth, uh, doing David Tennant's run of the Doctor, beginning at nine p.m. Uh, it looks like so. It's kind of interesting. It is interesting. I was I was a little perplexed that they didn't just buy the first season and run those as well, but yeah. Why Why David Tennant's run? I don't, I don't know. Because he's cute. <laughs> what's the... What's the... What's the, uh, it's the tween target. What's the What's the phrase? What's the new... Uh... Subtly cute? <laughs> subtly cute? Subtly cute. I don't think David Tennant's subtly anything. <laughs> I didn't think it was subtly. Maybe it was. I said sub. Yeah, it was subtly. Yeah, back it up. What did we say? <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> I wrote it down in my uh, phone. <laughs> Subtly cute. <laughs> okay, we found that out. <laughs> so, yeah, that's coming, too. 
because if you haven't bought him on Blu-ray or DVD or well, if you uh, haven't seen him on BBC, I've seen him on sci-fi. To be fair, it's it's to get it's to get isn't it it basically the same tier of channels that you would get XD that you do BBC? No, I don't subscribe. Is it lower? Yes. Okay. Uh, at least one for not renewing it's yeah, an we're, attempt, we're still we're still upset over it's that. It's an attempt to get it in front of younger fans that haven't yeah, necessarily cottoned onto the series. They yet, wouldn't so. join on BBC America, so So um But it's interesting that's such a kind of a later time anyway. Does this mean that whole Doctor Who theme park thing might have a little more validity even though that was a Paramount thing and now well, it's a Disney thing? I think it's something that, that I suspected was kinda quelched this week, so with our next bit of news. Uh, and as part of the Sony WikiLeaks major leak uh, debacle that happened, uh, for some reason now, oh, well, I guess it's because WikiLeaks posted all of the details. Yeah, everything's now. there now. Uh, so it wasn't just little bits. Of it's easier to there. peruse the... Yeah. Uh, Sony uh, had a Doctor Who film as part of an eight-year plan. Of some sort. It was at least oh, in that. talks. Oh, that. Doctor Who film. was in talks. Yeah. I saw yeah, a blurb about that, but I was in Denver and didn't read it. Uh, so so there was a legit, that, that whole thing about uh, David... Um, oh, what's his face? Harry Potter director yeah. talking might have actually had some weight That's to that, huh? probably David Yeats. Yeah, it's probably based off of these conversations. Um, she had this... Uh, the I'm trying to figure out sort through the uh, the president of internal production had a conversation with the director of BBC Television. He said that there has been a tremendous interest and pressure from BBC Worldwide to do a Doctor Who film. The showrunners feel very clear that they don't want to do one at the moment. That said, over the course of the coming months, the show's running team is coming up with an eight-year timeline for the brand, which is where we got the five-year reference a couple weeks ago for the show is going to go for five more years at least. That's part of that same conversation, I'm, I'm assuming. Uh, laying out what will happen with it, and then the film will certainly be a part of that timeline. So the answer that a film won't happen in the next year to 18 months, but it is expected that it will happen after that within the eight-year horizon. Let's, let's be what, careful here because to, I want to presume something about this. Is I think that the only reason that Sony is connected right now in this whole conglomeration is... I think that the idea is that there are a lot of studios that want to do the film. They want the rights. And the unfortunate situation with the Sony link is that Sony, there's the Sony had the evidence of it being in talks, but I don't think they were anywhere close to having a deal with Sony. I have a feeling that if they do it, they'll shop it around. And it makes me also wonder if Disney in order to, Get a foot in the door, <laughs> makes this deal with BBC to show that, that you know, they want some clout. They want to say, you know, we we can bring viewers to this and, and we can treat it right. Already. And by putting yeah. on Disney XD, that already indoctrinates the Disney kids into already loving their love of the show. So I think that, that I, I bet Warner Brothers is interested because they sure. held the distribution oh, yeah. rights in the United States for years. <laughs> you know who's not interested? Fox. <laughs> so, well, they're probably interested uh, now. Because well, I almost guarantee so that Universal's probably somewhere in that mix as well because they still have some sort of residual rights to the TV movie. 
So I, I have a feeling that the reason I, – I, I wouldn't get your hopes up that Sony's no. doing a Doctor Who movie based on this leak. I think what it is is their talks just happen to get released yeah. in that leak. Yeah. So I, I think probably in the well, next 10 like years – It was very, very informal discussion. I think in the next 10 years or less, we'll probably get an announcement about one of the major city, studios getting on board. I think it's de- de- just depending on how it plays out. Okay. Yeah. Now – I'm going to play a little Black Rain Cloud for a moment because normally the idea of a Doctor Who movie, as originally presented as part of what we thought might have been going on, sounded ridiculous and stupid. Doing it in this form as part of an eight year plan. part of a you know genuine structured part of the show, okay, I'm a little more okay with. But if you take the five-year plan piece from Moffat's conversation that, you know, going to run five years, you take the eight-year plan from this, is it outside the realm of possibility that maybe BBC is looking at running Doctor Who another three, four, five years and then ending the show? And try to launch it as a movie franchise? So that they could launch it as a movie franchise. Which terrifies me, quite honestly. (laughs) Just... Not that I wouldn't want to see Doctor Who movies, which would be kind of cool, but I, you know, and I, I, unfortunately, the runaway success of the 50th kind of proved that they can do it, you know, yeah. that there is some interest there. Um, and if they broaden that base and get some muscle behind it, like Disney, you know, that's not outside the realm of, of reality happening. I don't know that that's the best format for it. I, I, no. I, you know, Doctor Who's a TV show. It's, it's, but it's already delved into the realm of film-like by taking a year off and making four specials that were considerably longer than an episode. And, we, and we've had so, longer episodes. We've had anniversary specials. Yeah. We've had, we've so had theatrical I, releases. You so. know, I think the thing is that the program is going to evolve. One way or another, and this is probably just one of the many avenues in which they're looking at. It, it, oh, it can't it last forever on television. <laughs> it, <laughs> it can't. We we we've we've been there and done that. Uh, we know that. I mean, we're, I still think we're lucky to have had it around again for ten years, and with the BBC kind of say, setting in stone that we're going to at least get fifteen years of New Who on television. That's just that. That astounds me. If you'd asked me that four years ago, five years ago, six years ago, I would have said, no, there's no way this is going to hold out as long as, as I want it to. Don't get me wrong. I want it to. But I think that the, the reality of it is, is, is in order to keep it viable, it's going to have to evolve. And that's, that's the direction. Everybody's – I mean that's – Hollywood wants to do franchise films. They've proven that that's how, sure, that's how film milking is, filmmaking is going, going to be now. We've got seven Fast and Furious films for crying out loud. <laughs> Universal's relaunching its its Universal Monsters brand. Well, M- MGM still has um, uh, it still continues to reinvent James Bond every three years. I, that's that's the and Marvel is is the game changer for yeah. franchise films. Everybody wants to be Marvel. So and, I, and who I, picked up Dark Tower? What did I just read? Oh this week? yeah, that's right. That was this week too. It was TV, wasn't it, or was it a movie? No, it was well. It, it was yeah, that, that it's, combined. It's the combined thing that they've been trying to do. Oh, it was. Yeah. Was it Universal? Oh, yeah. um, oh Gainer. Rob, Rob Gainer was. Or was it Sony this week? 
I think it was Sony. I think it, I think was, it was Sony, Sony. Yeah. which kind of disappointed me a little bit because I don't. That, maybe that could have came out of the WikiLeaks stuff too. If you didn't look, at, yeah. if you didn't look, no, at the it sounded like that. That was, it, that, was, it, was a that was more of a announcement. Unless, yeah. unless they knew that that information was in the WikiLeaks, and, and so they so went they and just got ahead of it. Yeah. So, because I remember thinking Sony didn't feel quite right for that particular, but well, they screwed up Spider-Man. Yeah, well, although think, they continue to do good things with Bond. So I mean, it's, it yeah. should be Warner Brothers. I'm sorry, it's just yeah. that's that's my pick. But <laughs> anyway, I just thought I'd throw that out there, not to be the little black rain cloud, but to be the black black rain cloud. Do we want to see Doctor Who movies every three years? Yes, but not now. I don't know if I want to go that far between Doctor Who. Yeah. Content. You think the wilderness months now are bad? Well, between between Christmas and Series 9. Is there, you know... (laughs) Don't even equate it. You don't even know what you're talking about, Keith. You don't even know. Do do we? Neither you do know. you. You were discovering on episode yet. But I was rediscovering in the wilderness years. So. I was still longing for it to be back on television. I, I just I don't know. I did. I hit the wilderness years about six years late. That's all. <laughs> I still suffered through ten years of it. I just don't know. Yeah, I don't know. What else we got? Uh, we nearly had Brian Blessed in series nine. <laughs> So there's an announcement. And when, of, when Keith put this on the uh, show notes for the show, I, I had to point to the fact that everybody else is focusing on who's the actor that's been uh, hired. So they've, they've announced that David Schofield has been cast in Series 9 uh, for two of the episodes. So every other Doctor Who fandom is focusing on the fact that Schofield's been hired as a villain to play as, a as villain. A character. Do I we know he's a villain? villain? I thought I read that. Anyways, <laughs> play a killer character in Doctor Who. And... Uh, we we zeroed right in on the fact that the reason he was chosen is because Brian Blessed had to turn it down because of uh, reason illness. illness. <laughs> so, so to us, it became Brian Blessed was almost in Doctor <laughs> Who again. And the role, according the, the the name of the role, is Odin. Oh, that's right. That, so it imagine wasn't a villain. It Brian was a, Blessed as Odin. I don't care if it's even wasn't even going to be a period piece. Brian Blessed as Ozen, Odin. Such a missed yeah, opportunity. He's, play, he's actually playing the Norse god. It's speculation. How they're going to do that? It's speculation that he's the Norse god. I, I, if you're going to bring Brian Blessed back, let him be King of Kronos. Let's go back <laughs> and, you know, let's let's do that. Yeah, bring Perry back, too. Wouldn't it be great if the Doctor was able to really kind of find out for sure, what happened to Perry? Because what I mean, really it still was even left of... in the well. Yeah, this is what happened to her, but he never he didn't see it. Yeah. So, I'm sure Moffat's thinking to himself, as much as I love time travel, that's a little too <laughs> <laughs> that's a little too specific fanboyish for you know, know. new, new viewers done, are like, who is this person? And done, why do I care? He's done more fanboyish. He's gone more fanboyish on on us than I ever expected Moffat would. Davis, when he started the series out with. Autons <laughs> that were most people had not even seen for thirty years. It just I, I Davis. I went well. Okay, this guy's a fanboy, but Moffat. I thought, nah, you want that? And he want to do that? Oh, okay. Well, you're going to mention that. <laughs> oh, you're going to bring back the great intelligence. Nobody's seen that at all. Those ghosts don't even exist anymore. He knew. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, but uh, so the episode uh, are the ones with Maisie Williams. It's the two part of the girl who died and the girl who lived or something like that. The girl who died and the woman who lived. Woman who lived, yeah. What else? 
Uh, Time Eddie Hotel Block has sold out. Yay! One block. block down, two to go. Right? For sure? Theoretically. Theoretically. Yeah. Well, it's one to go and they're at a block. There, they there, there may be a third block if, uh, if, if fans demand it. So two if you go. are thinking about coming to Time Eddie, you, know, you should probably get on there. I was actually... <laughs> yeah. uh, this this Knowing that the hotel is doing so well and they've got a really good rate, originally I think I'd mentioned that I was probably going to stay with family since I have family in Wichita. I think I almost... I'm on the cusp now of thinking, I think maybe I'll stay at the hotel just so that I can be close. There's probably some great, um, you know, actor interactions that yeah, can happen like there too. Galley. Well, you know, like Galley, you run into him in the hallway, and ride or the, the elevator with him. Or, you might or be the back, you'll be on their piece schedule. You might be on the same piece schedule with somebody. <laughs> <laughs> you will be at this convention also. Taking a bathroom break with, that'd be great if I got on a bathroom <laughs> break again with Michael Jason. Oh, that was Michael Jason, wasn't it? I yeah. thought it was Stephen Thorne. No. Never mind. He's no. not going to be there. I was peeing with the Valley Yard. Yeah. I got too confused. <laughs> uh, speaking of convention. <laughs> yeah, but they could have announced could announce Jason, Jason soon. So. I, yeah, I had a joke there. I'm not going to go. <laughs> <laughs> so get your hotels booked for Time Eddie. Uh, another convention has added another. If you're going. If, if you're, you're in going, the area. If you're going. If you're not going, don't book a hotel room. <laughs> Leave it for those of us that haven't done it yet. Mark and... Uh, uh, Alex, how soon I forget. I'm sorry, guys. Mark and Alex, I've heard their booking flights come over to see. Go to oh, sweet. Yeah, yeah, they should. So. Yeah. They're we'll coming over together. We'll see you guys there. They uh, live just down the street from each other. They don't see each other for like six months at a time, but they're going to make a point to get together. They're going to have a reunion at the airport. <laughs> <laughs> They'll catch up on the plane. They'll have a really long flight, and they can listen to all these backlog episodes <laughs> they haven't got to yet. <laughs> You know, that's the way to steal the number one fan um, title from Chrissy. Oh, yeah. Is yeah. To come over to Time Eddie and see us. That would be. That's, that's Rachel a... said she might try. To yeah. Come, so. She's close enough. She yeah. can do it. Yeah, she's, she really could. Within 10 hours. So, 11 hours. Our final bit of news uh, Eli Who has added Jimma Redgrave Woo! to the lineup. So. Yay. Yay. <laughs> that's it for news. I don't mean to poo-poo Eli Who. I'd be more excited if I knew I was going. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I think kind of where it's like, yeah, it's in New York, and it's like, well, it's not any further than L.A. It's just the other direction, but it's in the winter in New York. It's cold <laughs> versus Galley, which is in the in winter LA. but warm. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's only like a month after Time Eddie too. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now we're now that I'm doing Time Eddie, I. Won't be able to get to Chicago Tardis this year, yeah. like I had originally planned. But that's okay. Yeah, we have our own. <laughs> we have our own. <laughs> My prayers have been answered. Uh, shall we move on to our Doctor Who Legacy tip, tip of the week? Why don't we? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> do you not want to? Yes, let's do we, it. We can hold this and do it at the end if you want to. <laughs> no, this is where Keith puts it in the show notes. So <laughs> every week. Put it in. <laughs> That, well, I, I think I initially did, but then every week since then I've forgotten and I'm almost skipped over it every time. You always, you always go, that's, no, wait. That's because I got my show notes. No, wait. Here, right? I do that's, too, that's and I, apparently I don't pay attention to it. You Keith let your goes, screen go Keith, inactive. Keith. Oh. I'm the rudder on this ship. Well, you know, that's just it. <laughs> Keith. Keith I don't always painstakingly do a good job, puts together it. our episode show notes every week. And I try to skip them every time. I don't even bother looking at them. <laughs> <laughs> 
You just follow along. I just you just wait until the tape notes. beeps to change the film projector. <laughs> <laughs> Call the cigarette burn. <laughs> um, yeah, if if you're the rudder on the ship, I'm the uh... wayward traveler. <laughs> so you're He's the, the lifeboat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a dinghy being pulled behind. <laughs> that we had to throw a life preserver to the rescue. I'm the castaway He's the man overboard on the, on the island over there. Going, hey! <laughs> no, I was just going to say you're the rudder. He's the captain, and I'm the anchor. <laughs> so you dragging us down and grinding us <laughs> to a halt. And yeah, dead weight. I don't know why you don't throw me overboard. Is it? We just reel that anchor in. We. Get a lot further. Sometimes right. we have to. Because well, I'm, I'm clinging to things on the bottom. Going, no, I want to talk about this some more. <laughs> uh, Time Lord Ben tweeted I us. like those barnacles <laughs> that are trying to peel off the bottom. <laughs> uh, he said the iceberg. just keeps hanging on the iceberg. <laughs> <But> too soon? <laughs> uh, I watched the end of that again this week. What? Watch the end of Titanic again. When she's on this stupid door. <laughs> why? Why do you torture yourself? I don't know why. I'll never let go, Jack. I'll never let go. She lets go. When they both Empty promises. Door. Of, of, Empty of promises. Life. And they both would have fit on that dang door. Macbeth of, of life. proved that a long time ago. <laughs> never let go of life. They, she doesn't say life. She says, I'll never let go. Like Birdman. Never let go. <laughs> It was a metaphor. I'll never let go, Jack. I'll never let go. Until I get too cold. And then I let go. Hater. He was already dead at that point. And I kept thinking this one time, maybe they won't hear her, but they do. And they come back. Here, Cameron's making a sequel. <laughs> it's the Titanic 2, the air pocket. <laughs> Jack sucked down into it, lives, comes yeah. back. Zombie Jack. <laughs> She let go. I think the aliens from <laughs> the aliens from Abyss rescued him, kept him alive. Oh, let him breathe the water. You know, Benthic Petroleum has made a cameo in all of Cameron's other movies. <laughs> that is entirely plausible. <laughs> What's our tip of the week? Our tip of the week. <laughs> I'm going to go write some fan fiction. How much of this show do I have to edit this week? <laughs> this is good stuff. Uh, Time Lord Ben tweeted us. He said, "Make sure your health is full when entering the second wave of the heat frag or the heart heat fragment heart <laughs> heat fragment fragments. level. Heat they, fragments. They've added a fragment this yeah, week. They hit first, and then he also recommends. Oh, um, that one. Yes. <laughs> Took me a minute to. Yes, he's absolutely right because there's nothing more. Not, not only do they hit four first, it's like the level starts, and it goes, <laughs> and you lose most of your health, <laughs> and." Then it's time to start thinking about what you're going to do. I was like, wow, that sucks. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, he also tweeted us saying, uh, for the unlock the fan area and play the level Experimental Relative Dimension every week. Every, every Thursday, it pays one-time crystal every week. It, it is a level 50 level in the fan area. So. And it's a long one, too, if I remember correctly. It is. But that's a, you know, <clears throat> if you've got a, a tank team, you go in there and get a time crystal every week. That's worth it. And that's our Doctor Who legacy tip of the week. I finished bigger on the inside. Oh, well, what we have of it. Apparently, they're releasing it in waves. More, I didn't. Yeah. It didn't occur Chapter to me until time. I got to the end and went, "This isn't over." <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Are you guys done with Bigger on the Inside? No, yeah. I'm still stuck at where I've been. I, I, I got worried because you, you, you said you were stuck and you said you hadn't played much. And I thought, oh, gosh, maybe this is really hard. And then I finished and went, is that it? Why is Keith so stuck? <laughs> I'm just stuck on a level. I don't know why I'm either going. Because you don't have everybody maxed out like yeah, I do. I'm, I'm playing but with I, everybody on my team every time it's level 50. I'm not getting any experience points because I keep playing with level 50 team, everybody across the well, board. Well, that's the but. thing. I, was the level, I, I think I need to level up some other characters yeah. because the ones I have, I'm entering that level with full and it's still not happening. Yeah. You might need to just change out that one guy. Well, maybe. I don't know. I think I, I heard got that on that, a tip somewhere. I got to that level, and I thought, okay, I'll be ready to change this one out. And get, I never got my health down far enough from the poison to matter, so I just didn't even ever heal, heal myself. Well, I never even healed poison because I didn't need to. I just, I, My teams are pretty well designed in the fact that I've got a lot of healers on the team. So even if I'm getting dinged every time by a poison, um, I'm never getting far enough down that I can't just regenerate my health. So I just won the 10th doctor. It's a level where I have to have him as my yeah, doctor. So, uh, yeah, that that hasn't affected me either. I'm not. I, I sound like I'm bragging, but I, I, it's I, it wasn't as difficult as I. You are such a bragger. I, it wasn't as difficult <laughs> as I had made it up in my mind from based on your guys' <laughs> stories. <laughs> I'm probably not as strategic of a player either. Just because don't we I'm don't strategic. have everybody I, maxed I mean, out. <laughs> I, I say that, but maybe maybe because I've played so much that I've just. Gotten. I did walk away from it for quite a while too. Yeah, this is uh, oh, nice. Sorry, I shouldn't close yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> I'm so used to after I've seen it once closing the. See, I, I hadn't seen that new notification because I've been playing some what and noticing the ads. <laughs> oh and, yeah, you've been noticing the ads, uh-huh. so you had to go in and toggle those I off. I did not know that was the uh, that was how you got rid of them. Yeah, the um, actually the there has been. I was listening to uh, Sue on something. Maybe it was Twitch TV last week on uh, the Adipose. TV. And she was saying that they've had so many fans that have paid for the game that requested that they see the ads because they want to do a little bit more to support the game. That that's why they put the toggle switch in oh. there so that if you have paid for the fan area, but you do want to see the ads because you do want to support the game financially, you can turn those ads on. There might be something there you'll click on. I'm sure. Go by. Yeah. Doctor Who fans, we salute you. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. You guys are the coolest are people some, ever. Amazing. Yeah, that's it. I'm all the way to the top. So you're at five fifty six stars. Yeah, well, it's still not anywhere close to Time Lord Ben. Well, good. All right, somebody, <laughs> somebody needs to knock you off your total ball. Enough <laughs> legacy talk. Never <laughs> feedback, and we have one bit of feedback, which as soon as this comes back up, I will happily read out. <laughs> Should I just read it? Maybe. Oh, wait, nope. Uh, got it. I'm sorry. I got, I, I had it all pulled up. It's been ready to go for like an hour. And then and it went <laughs> over to Dr. Legacy and it well, bogged I, everything I, down. I, I, I clicked the link in the email and it, uh, it took it away. Okay, I'm ready. Uh, this is from Chrissy who writes, the game is afoot. I thought it was a game. I, I got that it. Missed, that uh, missed the mark, didn't it? Just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Vortex Boys. Wait, wait. <laughs> I deserve that. 
You're welcome, Keith. <laughs> and the throwback joke of the week goes to. <laughs> Wow, what was that we're like? Gonna start, like we're going to have to start putting was. episode references into shows. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Bring back the ding. <laughs> no. <laughs> Dear Vortex Boys, when did you guys record last week? I wrote that feedback on Monday <laughs> thinking you had recorded Sunday night and it would be for this week's podcast. I guess I'm glad it made it in time. We uh, we knew as our number one fan uh, that we who was making up for lost time. We 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 had to get it in there, Chrissy. We so. know how busy you are, Chrissy. So we waited on you. Yeah, apparently wedding proposals. This <laughs> week. <laughs> I'd seen that. Okay, two of them, right? She yeah, two, two, two on a blog. Post Never rains, but it pours. Yeah, I look really good in a tux, Chrissy. I'm just saying, if you need a best man or. A, a bridesmaid. <laughs> he looks good in a dress, too. Not that I would know. <laughs> Wait a minute. That sounded bad. Open right? the door. <laughs> I would totally rock that fuchsia number. <laughs> the Just of- remember, pink is not his color. No, fuchsia. fuchsia. So I say pink's not your color. Pink is not my color. Fuchsia. I don't know. I've worn pink. It's a, still not your color, but because <laughs> you've worn it doesn't make it your color, Sean. You can get away with just about anything. Nothing yellow. I don't look Except good in yellow. For pink. No yellow. I don't look good in yellow, which really upset me because you know command gold just doesn't quite. <laughs> I, I can't. I look sickly. I look like I have jaundice. I can't do it. Okay, review time. Chris, I'll have another uh, email in by the time we get to her first one. <laughs> Probably the Hound of the Baskervilles. First of all, it was hard for me to get my mind wrapped around the fact that Tom Baker was playing someone other than the doctor. (laughs) As I watched this, I just kept thinking, he's the doctor. Watson is his companion. The TARDIS is somewhere out behind uh, 221 B Baker Street. Second, the main room at the Baskerville Estate looks a lot like the sitting room in Black Orchid. Third, oh, I that. Caroline John is in this. (laughs) Liz Shaw from the first season of the third Doctor's Era. Third point two, script editor Terrence Dix and producer Barry Letts. Fourth, there's a crap load of Doctor Who connects with this. But I guess that's just restating the obvious. It's a basic BBC period piece, which is something they always do quite well. Straight up adaptation of classic literature, something which they evidently took more pride than they ever did for Doctor Who in the 1980s. (laughs) Still pretty enjoyable, but not something I want to run out and buy, which makes me glad it was available on YouTube. Anyway, that's all from me. Have a fun week, boys. Chrissy. Thank you, Chrissy. P.S. Here's how you say pomposity. (laughs) And she included a YouTube link. Aren't you glad you keep me around? I help you expand your vocabulary. Are you going to? I can play it. You want me to play? Yeah, go for it. This is what I left to go look up. It's loading. It takes a minute. There it is. Yeah, and then it's got a little intro video to play. Here it comes. It will load. <laughs> wow. There we go. Pomposity. Pomposity. She still says it better. <laughs> <laughs> Anything you can do, I can do better. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Chrissy. Thanks, Chrissy. And that's it for feedback. 
So I'm, I'm guessing from the lack of feedback from most of our regulars that nobody went out on the YouTubes <laughs> and searched out this gem of, of uh, Sir Conan Arthur Doyle's. And, and that's all right because we're going to talk about it. So that's we'll right. uh, get their impressions from our impressions, I suppose. Give us synopsis. There's a dog. Very good. There's a really big dog. Tom Baker stars for the BBC as Sherlock Holmes in this faithful classic serial adaptation of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's most celebrated story. Holmes investigates the suspicious death of Sir Charles Baskerville at the behest of Baskerville's friend, Dr. Mortimer. That's it? That's what I'm about. Sorry. Wow. Dun, dun, dun. 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 So... I know I've seen Hound of the Baskervilles with uh, Basil Rathbone. Okay. You know, the, the original, and, and some would say... Definitive. Definitive edition. Uh, because my, my, uh, my grandpa was a huge... Um, well, they, they loved everything British, but they, they, he was a huge Sherlock fan. And I saw it at their house as a kid. Now, there were a lot of things that I watched at Grandma and Grandpa's house as a kid. <laughs> I remember watching the original King Kong and being absolutely terrified. I remember watching the original Terminator and Grandma making me cover my eyes during the sex parts, but not <laughs> during the violence or the language. That's a true American there. Yeah, true American. There's going to be some boobs here in a minute. You're not allowed to look at those. Okay. I can watch this, but not that. All right. But... um. So I know I've seen this story. I'll be darned if I remembered any of it as this thing unspooled. It was just My like, best knowledge of it is probably from the uh, the most recent Sherlock. Which is changed uh, pretty uh, substantially. Yeah, large. Yeah. I mean, the structure is still there. But, still there but. So, um, so it was kind of all new to me. Um, I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was good. I agree with Chrissy. I, I kept... The, from, you know, it opens, and the way it's shot, it feels like an episode of Doctor Who. Oh, yeah, absolutely. A, a classic, gothic, I, 70s Tom Baker era Doctor Who episode. Quite frankly, though, I agree with that point 100%, except the only thing not very Doctor Who about this is Tom Baker. I think that he stepped away from the Doctor role and really convinced me that he was Sherlock Holmes. See, I wasn't as convinced. I, I wasn't either. I, I felt like it was Tom Baker. As much as I enjoyed I still him saw as a, a lot of Tom Baker, but I did not see a lot of Fourth Doctor. Well, it, the difference is it's kind of grumpy Fourth Doctor. Here's, here's a bit here's, more serious Fourth Doctor. Here's There's the difference. those great, fun moments for him to, to have. To me, it was Tom Baker in Tom Baker interviews. Was what okay. Was. Yeah, I could yeah. see that. Here's the difference. A bit pompous. A bit um, a pom- self-serving. <laughs> yeah. Here's the difference. Tom Baker, as the doctor, delivers these great lines of dialogue with a smile at the end of them. Tom Baker, as Sherlock Holmes, delivers these great lines of dialogue. And that's it. As Sherlock Holmes. That's It's still, uh, I, I sat there and watched this and I just thought to myself, I mean, we, we've heard the allegory before from Moffat and, and, and others. These two characters really are cut from the same cloth. They're both very brilliant. They're both in love with the sound of their own voice to a certain extent. They they both love being the smartest person in the room. And they both love 
kind of berating you just a little bit for yeah, you for not, not being, being as smart as they yeah, are, yeah. you know? I would agree. And the, agree. the difference is the doctor always does it with a, <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and Sherlock's just, no, you, you got it wrong. <laughs> and that's really the only difference. I said, I watched and watched. And, and I, I don't mean to take anything away from Tom Baker's performance right, right. because he was very good. And I think the hair more than I think anything. Maybe it's because well, the fourth doctor then really, is so much, yeah. yeah, so much like Sherlock Holmes. Maybe that's why. Well, and it almost felt like some of that later, his last season portrayal of the fourth doctor. You me. think a little bit? Well, it, it it's certainly the closest to. Yeah, and it's definitely not yeah. time wise. It's definitely not early. It's not early fourth doctor at all by any stretch of the imagination. It's when he gets kind of a bit grumpier later down the road. I think, which. It's it's interesting. Apparently, Tom Baker thought he failed to deliver the role very yeah, well. I read that somewhere, which is interesting. I don't know if he failed to deliver it well. I, he did a fine job. It just felt like Tom Baker doing Sherlock Holmes. Mm. It, I was not absolutely convinced that it was just Sherlock Holmes to me. Mm. I uh, had forgotten this until I watched this and realized how familiar the story was to me. I actually read Hounds of the Baskerville in of the Baskervilles in high school as one of my English uh, reading assignments, and I think maybe I have I forgotten I that too. because I have read piece, bits and pieces of Sherlock Holmes over the years, and I thought Hounds was one of those ones that was just one of those cases where I knew enough of the story from the little things that I've read about it. But it, it actually, as the, as the story kept playing out, I kept going, oh, I know what happens next. Oh, I know what happens next. And it was really, it was really interesting to see. Now, I, again, this has been 30 years since I've read it. But it was really interesting to see how much I felt the story stayed very true to uh, Doyle's portrayal and, and writing and, and the story itself and how, how very similar it was and how, how very faithful it was to the original source material. Um, I think the only thing that I felt that they left out was there was a lot more drug reference and usage mm-hmm. in uh, the book. But, you know, Moffat and uh, <laughs> um, Gatiss actually focused on that for yeah. the, uh, the the new adaptation. Um, I can't say anything bad about it uh, because I, I didn't see as much Fourth Doctor, and I can see what you're saying about later Fourth Doctor. Yeah. Now, 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 putting that in my mind, I can kind of equate that. But I just, I thought, I thought Baker was to me. Tom Baker was just really made for this role, and maybe it's because what you're saying is that the characters are cut from the same cloth, so he embellished the Doctor so well that it's it's a natural that he would embellish Sherlock Holmes just as successfully. And I think that he, he knocked it out of the ballpark. I think the thing that's most odd, and I remembered when we got to this point, is that Tom Baker's not in the third episode hardly at yeah. all. He's, he, he shows up at the he, end. He's, he's, only in, uh, he's only in the second episode a little bit yeah. at the beginning. Yeah. Right. And then he kind of drops out a little out bit at the end. <laughs> and and my, my initial thought was, oh, he's not going to be there for any of this. My first thought was, oh, he's on uh, holiday. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, well, Watson Watson will be entertaining at least. And so I they, liked the guy who played Watson. He did Watson. a really good job. Yeah, he did a good job. And they, they threw him some, some curve balls. And, and then that kind of all seemed to get resolved by the end of the second mm-hmm. episode. 
So then the third episode starts, and there's still no Sherlock. There's still no Tom <laughs> Baker. And I'm kind of going, okay, well, you know, you're going to come back. And I, it, for me, I don't know about you guys, but I think as good as the story is and as entertaining as the guy who played Watson was, it did start to, to flag a little bit for me about the midway through the third part. And it's not until he reveals himself to be the stranger on the moor that, yeah. he's, oh, here he is, and he's back. And he's apparently been there the whole time, even though we didn't know it. Right. But it didn't quite make up for the fact that he wasn't actually there. <laughs> See, and it wasn't until I was partway through episode three that I realized, oh, wait, Tom hasn't been on the oh. screen for a while. Well, then really. that's, that's, that's a, yeah, some good I, things for the, the story. I then. thought the story, the pacing of it clipped right along really fast. It did, I, yeah. Like the the first episode was a probably the slowest for me. Well, it's it is anything. all done in Holmes's uh, house in his, much, in his yeah. townhome. It I mean the the whole thing with the exception of them all leaving at the end and, and going to uh, the Baskervilles, whatever what was the, what was the name of the hall Baskerville Hall. Well, they they leave to go to the, the hotel first, but then yeah, they do go to the hotel. Right, right, that's right. The they do go to the hotel, yeah. but when they all leave at the end is the first time they're and we we see the. The cutaway Scooby Doo flashback, as I like Scooby Dooish, it was just what had happened that would, that led to um, Mortimer. Was that the doctor? Doctor Mortimer. Yeah. yeah, Mortimer to seek out Holmes' help, but um, that's outside of the. But it, really, other than that, well, the majority the, of that the, is all one set. Yeah, and but uh, there was that chase with the taxi. That's what I'm saying. At yeah, the end, yeah. that's the when that at the well, end. I, think when, that, I thought that was before. Wasn't when that the guy, the when the the, the, the uh, Stapleton, we find out later, actually tried to run over Holmes. <laughs> yeah, that the was that, uh, the end? that, was, that was the, the beginning of part two. Oh, was it? Yeah, I think. I thought that was in part one. Maybe it was. I thought it was at the end of part. One and they kind of picked up there at the beginning of part two. Oh yeah, they write off. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're yeah. right. They 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 get in the carriage. Right. All right, we got to get to him, and then they take off, and that's where part one ends. Right. Oh, okay. Because I remember going, oh, a cliffhanger. Yeah. Okay. And then and then we. Ish. <laughs> <laughs> and in true Doctor Who fashion, we resolve it almost immediately. <laughs> almost in the second immediately. Part. Even the musical cues, I thought, were very. There were some parts of it that felt, you very, know, if, um, if, if musically I, Doctor. If Who. you'd have had a I horn wonder, on the moor going. I've been like, Man, I wonder I'm how much of that, though, comes from the, the type of story, television storytelling of the day and not necessarily being influential well, the from that it's one or the BBC other. Television. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, I wonder That's if maybe I how much of that also. is. Um, quite surprised when Caroline Johns shows up. Um, yeah. It was one of those, for just a moment I went, oh, I should know who this is. And at about the same, same time that I thought, oh, I should know who this is. Oh, I do know who this is. <laughs> Didn't recognize her at all. Oh, is that right? Until went back at the end and went, who? Oh, oh, <laughs> oh. I feel sheepish. Yeah. And Taryn Sticks is a script, or a, yeah, script editor. And then, uh, yeah, of course, Barry Letts. Of course, the, I, I believe the classic series anthology pieces that they were doing at the time is what uh, Terrence and Barry both left Doctor Who uh, to go do. do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not, at, not at the same time. But each was each landed there shortly after um, their time on Doctor Who. So, yeah, I don't mean to besmirch the production by saying, "Oh, it was just like an episode of Doctor Who." Um, I, you know, I think there are obviously different factors for. But there's a lot of familiar why that is. I mean, obviously, we've got some of the same production staff involved in in the making of it. We've got a Doctor starring in it, and it is, as you pointed out, 
probably BBC during the 80s. This was kind of what they were doing. It's just, you know, churning yeah. this kind of stuff out. Um, but it just, even structurally being four parts, <laughs> kind of, <laughs> yeah. it, it just it very much to me felt like it. Now, what's interesting, is, I mean, obviously we've got a very classic story that, that you know, we're, we're, oh, we're yeah. doing. Um, which, well, kind of goes back to the whole, because the, the gothic Hinchcliffe era of Doctor Who was, hey, let's go do Br- Frankenstein. Let's go do this. So, ah, let's go do Sherlock Holmes. Again, it just kind of fits in there. I think if it weren't for Talons, it probably wouldn't feel as much like Doctor Who. You think? Because Talons was kind of the Doctor Who doing Sherlock blatantly. It helps lend to that. Because I, I know Tom's done Sherlock on stage. He's he's played Sherlock Holmes on stage. And that's probably where he's referring to that he he feels like he did a better job there than he did here. Yeah. Um, but comparing this to Talon's and, and, and his performance, they're, they're pretty... The, not, not, not the performance, just this, this type of story we're getting because... The, the Talon's trappings is so heavy, Sherlock yeah. Holmes. I think that's what helps make this feel more like Doctor Who. And to me, I don't know about you guys, but uh, the guy who played Watson, I had to go look him up to make sure he wasn't whichever is Django or Lightfoot. Because <laughs> <laughs> he looked just like him. He looks very similar. Yeah. I can't remember. I, it, I'm blurring in my mind which one's which. Well, uh, the Victorian, the late Victorian hairstyles and the dress. And, 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 yeah, and, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very... Very much in the in the same vein. So, what do we think about? Uh, you know, obviously, you're, you're impressed with Tom's range. Mm-hmm. That you, you know, I thought he nailed this, and you know, I, I would still like to see him in other things, doing other roles. Yeah, me too. Um, this is this is the one. I tried role... to get you to put Dungeons and Dragons on the <laughs> schedule, but unlike the other Beyond the Doctors we've had, this is the one where I didn't feel like. I saw as much range as the other ones. Yeah. It, this, this is more closer to yeah. to what I expected to see from Tom. You should... <laughs> we, 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 all, we, we, we hemmed and hawed about it and, and almost put uh, Golden Voyage... Is it Golden? Golden Voyage. Golden Voyage of Sinbad. Uh, on here in, in its stead, um, but didn't want to do Sinbad titles. But he plays the villain yeah. in, in Golden Boy. He's an evil magician. And uh, yes, I think that kind of shows his range. Um, I thought about trying to pick it up from the library. but If it, you get the chance, I mean, first of all, so it's a Sinbad movie, it. yeah. so it's fun. So it's definitely worth watching. But yeah. secondly, just for Tom Baker kind of chewing scenery, it, I, think it's, <laughs> I think it's fun. Because it, it, it's, it's the doctor bent. <laughs> you know, so it's it's a really interesting take. He's also I remember him in an episode of uh, Remington Steel, Steel, playing a bad guy, and a a, a fairly stereotypical eighties television bad guy. <laughs> but again, different. And then, as Glenn likes to point out, yes, <laughs> rather unfortunately, he was in that abomination of film that was Dungeons and Dragons for all of thirty two seconds. If that, yeah. <laughs> As a uh, elf king, yep. And um, I, 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 there are certain friends of mine who 
very, very large Tolkien fans and kind of rail against the idea of Hugo Weaving playing Elrond because he's not pretty enough to be an elf. Let me tell you, friends. <laughs> Tom Baker playing an elf king. <laughs> not even in the same ballpark. <laughs> Hugo Weaving is... Statuesque <laughs> compared to Tom <laughs> Baker playing the and I mean that in the nicest way possible. He's just, yeah. I find myself wanting to review the story itself, but we can't. I mean, we certainly it's have. It's difficult. Yeah. Well, I mean, just the story, story itself. But it's 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 certainly difficult for me, and I think maybe because. I'm familiar enough with this story that, and I think most people are. I think for the most part, even if you haven't read any Sherlock Holmes, you're this is the one that I think everybody oh, okay. knows. This is the story that everybody is most familiar with, and so it's one of those things that I, I, I just I, I would feel cheap to point out the flaws with a with a Sherlock Holmes story, especially for so when long. you well, especially when you compare it to what they're doing with the series with. Uh, uh, the current series, yeah, Cumberbatch sure. and and, and um, Freeman. It, it the things aren't so obvious, and they're not supposed to be. They're supposed to be. You're supposed to be just enamored by the fact that Holmes has picked up on something that nobody else did. And there there are little nods of that in this, but it's not as concealed. And it's it's like the guy in the painting that looks like Stapleton. And you go, am I saying the right name right? Is it Stapleton? Yeah, I think that's that right. Tables? Who looks like Stapleton, and you're like, you know, it didn't take it didn't take Holmes <laughs> to figure that one out. <laughs> but you know, it's just it's 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 little things like that that I couldn't nitpick. But knowing when it was written and what it's about, and being familiar enough with Doctor with uh, Sherlock Holmes that I almost said Doctor Holmes, <laughs> Sherlock Holmes, it's like I can't really pick apart the story because it's it's classic literature. It's done really well in this venue, and it's. Just kind of there. Well, as Chrissy said, it's a, it's a period piece, which is something that you know BBC, BBC does very does, well. Yeah. You know, does well, and um, it, it's got enough. I mean, the the the, the ping ponging back and forth where Watson in, in the second and third episodes thinks he's got everything figured out, and then they throw him <laughs> another curveball, and then they wrap that up. And you know, there's a part of me going. Uh, it's a little too it pat. Feels like <laughs> feels. It makes it feel like filler. Is what it does, yeah. and it's not. It's, it's actually, not. actually part of the pacing yeah. of the story. It's part of the pacing of the original story. It's not like they said, "Well, we need to stretch this out to four episodes as opposed to three. It's that's part of the story, and so and it's it was Doyle doing misdirection, is what it was. It was yeah. to take the the reader off the off the trail and bring them back in a unique and original way. And unfortunately, that doesn't translate to nineteen eighties. That doesn't translate to present day when we're looking back at 1980s drama, you know. Right. So <laughs> that's the difficulty of it is watching it now, 30 years removed, and going, yeah, they just don't do this kind of thing anymore. And so that's that's yeah. One of the things I really enjoyed was when Holmes came back, and it's kind of them comparing notes in that mm -hmm. hut. Yep. They had that was where I kind of finally got the. Sherlock Watson chemistry that yeah. 
was probably missing in episode one that I've come to like so much that we've used later down the road. Agreed. And that, that, that's probably the highlight of the story for me. I would agree with that. And he showed up in the Deerstalker cat. So that was. <laughs> you have to have that. That's just. Well, he had to cover up that hair. <laughs> Perfectly combed and straightened. Short, combed hair. It wasn't. It was I mean, it's not straightened the, was the, more. All curls and teeth. Or all teeth and curls. Teeth and curls. Here's one for you. Completely not off topic, but. So I was downtown today. Uh, went and joined Mel for lunch. And I'm sitting at a stoplight in downtown Topeka. And this older gentleman, white hair walks across the street in front of me and I'm looking at this guy and he's tall. He's wearing a blue shirt. He's wearing tan slacks and he's got a weird kind of tan overcoat. He's got white curly hair. And he just, as he walked, he just did this thing where he just rubbed his nose with his finger. And I went, (laughs) I don't know if it was just on my brain. having just come off of this. It, this guy was the Spitting image of Tom Baker from the end of of the fifties. Wow. Well, that's spitting image. Unless he came here on a boat, we know that he didn't fly over here. <laughs> he has a TARDIS. Yeah, <laughs> the curator. Uh, anything else? I don't. I feel kind of bad that I feel like maybe we're doing this one a little bit of a disservice based on you know what we've talked about on on some of the other ones. But I just, I mean, I don't, it's I don't Sherlock think there's Holmes. Quite as much to talk about. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a piece of classic literature. So if you haven't read it. Which I, I, I'm kind of with Glenn. I think I've read this one, but again, I read it as a kid or I read it in high school and I don't remember most of that. <laughs> I don't remember anything from week to week. So why would I remember that? Um, <laughs> you know, if you haven't read it, you should. Yeah. And if you haven't seen it, you should, whether you see this version or the Gatiss Moffat version or the <laughs> Basil Rathbone version. Should we give the... Um Fast and Furious disclaimer that if you read the home stories in order, this was actually out of order. <laughs> so, yeah, because it it was that, this one it was actually written a few years after Holmes had already killed off, or uh, Doyle had already killed off Sherlock Holmes. Spoilers <laughs> in the novels, uh, and then wrote this one, which actually takes place a few years prior to uh, what was the something death, um, a fateful death. No, what's the I can't remember the name of the, the, the what was going to be the last Sherlock Holmes story. Um, this was actually written after that, but takes place before that because years before uh, Doyle had killed off Sherlock Holmes, and of course later because the this particular story brought a resurgence in the popularity of Sherlock Holmes. He then turned around and wrote a story after that, uh, as we know from the new series, um, is divulged that Holmes actually fakes his death. So. So if you're gonna if you're Spoilers. gonna read them, Spoilers. if you're gonna read them, <laughs> realize that this one is actually out of order <laughs> with the rest of the Holmes novels or books stories, I should say. There Not all a, of them were novels. There was a line early. I knew it was out of place, but there there was a line in the um, in, in part one. Was it part one? No, it was in part two when they've been trailing the cabbie and and they bring him in and he says, you know, who is this guy? He says, oh, he said he was named Sherlock Holmes, and. Uh, Holmes gets this look and he says, we're dealing with a mind is, you know, <laughs> that matches my own. And I thought to myself, okay, I remember this one being written out of order, but is this supposed to be set like he's foreshadowing the eventual coming of Moriarty? Yeah. Is that what that was? I, I don't know. To, I don't do know you if it was. In fact, I, I can't remember 
in order how those went. And so when I heard that line, my first thought was, oh, yeah. is that Moriarty that he's talking about? But it was, yeah, they, they didn't ever revisit that again, so I didn't know. I wonder if that was just a fun little that could have been was, 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 was dropped in there, knowing that, you know, especially if this was going to be part one of a, a, uh, <laughs> a franchise. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and I don't know if, if when they were doing the classics, uh, if they did they do any more Doctor or uh, do, I almost said Doctor Holmes again, Sherlock Holmes stories. Did they do any more dramatizations of Sherlock Holmes? Story? I'm sure somewhere in the BBC archives is every single Sherlock Holmes story ever. This is the only <laughs> one that I'm aware of that Tom Baker was in. But well, this is certainly the most popular of the books. I think still is today, yeah. and that that certainly would have been at, true at the time. So that would be why they definitely did this one. So. All right, Sean, what we got coming up on schedule? Well, coming up on the schedule uh, this week for Friday Night Who on the 24th of April, we will finish Genesis of the Daleks with parts 4, 5, and 6, also with Tom Baker. Uh, and then uh, in our next week's show, we will be discussing Are the Daleks Better Off Without Davros? Um, megalomaniac that he is. The following week, we will start May with Mysterious Planet with Colin Baker. No, we're not doing the uh, trial. trial. We're not doing the whole trial of time. We're just, you know, eh, Mysterious Planet. Glenn likes that one, so we'll do that one. Aren't we doing something else this week, this next week? Or is it the following week that we're reviewing Davros? And then, uh, because we've already reviewed the Mysterious Planet. Oh, that's, okay. I'm a week ahead of myself. Uh, our our follow-up uh, episode is, is Davros better off without the Daleks? which is the flip side of the question, and we will be reviewing Big Finish Audio Mainline number 48, Davros. Maybe I ought to slow down on listening to that. <laughs> yeah. I started that with this week thinking, oh, that's going to be the next one. No, up, you've, you've, got, you've got another week still coming okay. up. So. And then uh, uh, the following week after that is uh, Infinite Quest for Friday Night Who, and then I hope you've been catching up on your Titan uh, comic book reading because we are going to catch up. And uh, go. Hopefully, it'll be out by then. I think I've got this planned out right. That it will. Uh, we'll go all the way up to issue twelve. So I think we're, we we read the first five, six, six. Did yeah. we do six? Yep. Okay, we'll so we'll do, do seven six. through twelve then. Uh, yeah, of six those. and six. And um, of uh, the tenth and the eleventh Doctor comics, and catch up on the twelfth Doctor wherever he's at in the line because he started at a different time, and. I think he was two behind. I think he's two yeah. two months behind. And then um, the ninth Doctor should have debuted by then because I think the first issue of that came out. It's already out. It is, Keith it is, is our liaison for that, so I'm just counting on him to provide me with the materials I need. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't looked in his Dropbox for a while. So. Currently, uh, the 11th Doctor is up to number 11 as of this recording. 10th uh, Doctor is up to number 9. They got somehow there. They got off track and uh, delayed some Tenth Doctor issues, and those haven't come out yet. I read a month ago why that happened, and now I can't recall what it was. And the Twelfth Doctor is up to number seven. All right. So we're going to play catch up and yep. uh, and and read some comic books that week. So cool. All right. Well, you can find us in our usual spots. Just go to www.travelingtovortex.com to find all of those locations. And please support us on Patreon because please, please, please support us on your Patreon. money. We've got to slow down. We haven't had any Patreon supporters recently, but uh, new Patreon supporters. Um, but that well, money we're still does... waiting for their gift baskets, yeah. which haven't been. <laughs> you haven't done that yet? No, I haven't. Oh, uh, well, now that you're 
nearly done with school. We can they can count on those. Soon. Yeah, that's a fun story <laughs> for another time. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but please, the, all, anything that you donate to the show does go right back into this show to support the program. So if you want this show to continue, I really think like, you need sound like a PBS. Pledge I think drive you really here, need but, to go back and find one of the old school KTWU pledge drives <laughs> and says if you enjoy programs like this. Please support us because your funds go right back into creating more programming like this on KTW. All right. Is that going to do it for this week? Or or whoever you're. you're If so, until next week, I'm Glenn. You're just going to hurry to get out of here, aren't you? Yep. I'm going to be that anchor man. I'm just going to drag that ocean floor and keep pulling us down. And you think you're ending the show, but I got news for you. You can't cut me off. You can't push the button. I dare you. Because it takes one to do. Heavy brain work, one to do The more mundane work, one to say It's elementary, one to say Amazing You be Holmes and I'll be Watson In high spots, in catacombs Any place the cat gavots in Watson trots with Holmes You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied. I will search. And I'll be centering. We'll be just amazing. Lucky Holmes to have a Watson. Thanks a lot, sincerely, Holmes. Poor old cat will soon feel small as home.